on this episode of the Star Wars Time Show. Matt and Nick will be talking with the talented Devin Doty, who creates rad Star Wars fan art and also does awesome commission projects for the likes of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sensei Kreese. After the interview, the boys will discuss Boba's motives in the Book of Boba Fett, as well as a potential Fett family armor update. They'll then ponder the rumor that the Mandalorian may undergo a name change before talking about some new Disney Plus content and the terrifying Tales Lego special. As always, to close things out, the dudes will feature fan responses from this week's question of the week, and they'll also lavish praise on this week's top five featured Star Wars artists. Punch it, Chewie! everybody welcome back to the star wars time show and boy oh boy oh girl oh girl is it a special one it's not only because nick and i didn't fight before the show it's because (laughs) it's an interview type of star wars time show that's right my friends if you're on the live stream you can see our friend one of our greatest champions one of our wrenches in the live stream he's a wrench uh, I'm talking about none other than our boy at super underscore scoundrel who also goes by Devin and hopefully I get this correct. I'm, I'm guessing Doty, Devin Doty or all right. Correct. Excellent. How's it going, yep. Devin? Glad to have you on the show. Finally. Good. Thanks for having me. All right. We had your finally. I'm surprised we didn't do this like two years ago. I know. I know. We're, <laughs> I know. we're dickheads. We, we take too long to do a lot of stuff. And, you know, that's probably why we're getting left in the dust. But you're here now. Finally, you know, Justin, your buddy was on the show a few months ago, showing off his collection. Uh, but today we're going to talk to yep. Devin about obviously his his love of Star Wars or if he hates it. We, we think he likes it, but you never know, uh, <laughs> as well as his his art form that he dedicates to Star Wars on occasion on his Instagram account at super underscore scoundrel. Now, for those of you that have been around the block with the SWTS, you, you may well know that we consider ourselves the champions of super scoundrel. And, and why we made his, why he has reached (laughs) 34,000 followers to date. Now, you know, we're a bunch of jerk offs, so you understand we're just screwing around and it's his talent and his skills and his art that has made his account blow up since we, we first found them. But Devin, it really I mean, your your Instagram journey, your your, you know, vector art, it is freaking blown up over the past couple of years, huh? I remember when we first found you, yeah, you were you, you were like sub ten thousand, just kicking around, sharing some of your your vector art. I was like sub three thousand. Holy I shit! Guess. And now <laughs> look at this. Look what has happened over the past two years. Because I think we keyed into Super Scoundrel shortly after Celebration twenty nineteen. I think is when we first found yeah. his excellence. I, I think it was. Yeah, that's right. I think the first thing I did that you guys saw was my Sith Trooper. Oh, yeah, that was right when they I were think that's first. when they like first revealed the yeah. like the look of the Sith Troopers. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, we it's been a, a a love relationship ever since. He's one of my personal favorite Star Wars artists out there. Uh, I know Nick has, has chosen him multiple times for our top five yeah. fan segment. Uh, so it's great to finally have him on here. And, you know, we'll get to know a little bit more about the man behind that digital pen who is now working with all sorts of big time celebs, thanks to his skills. So uh, we'll get there. We'll figure out how much uh, cashola he's now making, <laughs> you know, how many penthouses he now owns. Uh, but Devin, first, we always kind of like to figure out who our guests are as as a Star Wars fan or unfan, not mm-hmm. fan, I guess. What would you call it? But um, so, you know, let's get down to it. Is Star Wars something that has been with you your entire life or did it come to you later on, either through a friend, a parent, siblings, family members? How did Devin get into uh, wanting to make art about Star Wars? Uh, Well, I would say my preschool to kindergarten phase was more Ninja Turtles. So I went through that first. but in like 97, when they re-released um, the Star Wars movies in theaters for the special edition, then my uncle took me to see A New Hope in theater. Got you. So I, I guess I'm special edition era. Are you, uh, are you in the OT era in terms of your age? You know, we never like to out our guests' age. We don't know if they'll, <laughs> they'll be offended. But, I mean, were you someone born in the 80s? Or are you a, are you a '90s baby? Uh, I'm turning 33 right. in like a couple. So you're weeks. like young Nick then. So De- you're like young Nick. Devin's the same age. Yeah, as me, I, I'm not. I just turned. Do, so I'm not ashamed of my age. <laughs> He's not. Yeah. It's it, it's weird because we're like the tweeners, you yeah. know. Like we weren't really alive when all of the OT movies came out, but we were. Like we had, we had seen Star Wars at least for me before, and for you before the the prequel trilogy came out. So like we fall in like a, a weird middle ground to where it's like we, we could claim either one. It's it's really up to our discretion which one we want to claim. You know, it's yeah. I, I've noticed a trend, and I think we could do a a scientific fictional study, if you will, here. And it, it does seem like people are Star Wars fans born in, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, obviously gravitate towards the originals. But a lot of us have the same story. It's usually a family member, a brother, a father, a mother took us as kids. And, and I've also kind of realized a trend with, you know, you, you, yourself, Nick and, and you, Devin. Those of you born later in the 80s, early 90s, it seems that you are, like Nick said, you're kind of caught in the middle where a lot of the times it's it's later on in your life where you're not really getting it uh, uh, like I did, kind of injected into your eyeballs from the first time you could even form thought. Um, but there is. And I would assume for those like like my daughter born in the late 2000s, they'll have a an even different experience because they're, you know, they may, they may gravitate towards the sequel stuff. So, um, interesting, a TMNT guy, huh? Me too. Like the, like the, the good stuff, right? The, the original stuff out there in the, in the eighties, late nineties. Oh, who's that? Kevin Eastman. Uh, yeah. Kevin Eastman, Peter Laird. So have you got sucked up in collecting all those NECA figures then of, of the, what I consider to be the greatest Uh, live action Ninja Turtles movie to date? 
of it. That movie it is so underrated. I mean, not underrated by Ninja Turtles. It's fantastic. Fans, but, I mean, it, it was, like, so gritty and, like, it, I, I don't know. It was, it was Nick, are you down with the, I think it was at the 89 TMNT movie. Is that something you, you have fond oh, yeah. memories for? Oh, absolutely. Like the original TMNT live action trilogy. I was a huge fan. Yeah. Huge it gets fan. a little weird I mean, with, you know, Tur- Vanilla Ice and Turtles the, in Time. The Samurai yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> ninja. Tur- Tur- ninja. Turtles in Time. Is ninja. Weird. Ninja. Rap. You know, it, it got a little. I, I, a used to, song. <laughs> I used to have the ninja rap as my as my cell phone ring. Go ninja. Go like, ninja. I, go. I fucking go love ninja, that. Go ninja. Go ninja. Go. 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 Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely is catchy. I'm sitting here still singing it. So, uh, you know, uh, it's good I, I feel like that song is like still playing, uh, still paying uh, vanilla ice. And it is. I mean, be, between Dude, that and Ice Ice Baby, th- that's really all that guy needed to do. I mean, yeah. he, he cashed in on those two songs and he's probably yeah. still getting paid for for him if he kept his licenses so um all right i'm down with that i mean i guess the 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 special editions is an interesting way to kind of come into the films so you you hadn't seen george's original versions at all then uh the special editions are what you first uh, experienced with the original trilogy yeah but one sec someone's like trying to call me this it's all right it's okay. it's kendall jenner yeah no touch. Hey, i need a new design <laughs> more on that later people that that's the tease but yeah i mean this guy knows kendall personally um oh god i mean i'm, I'm trying i'm trying to get those tickets. <laughs> but uh you got three of them on the box right now, you know I just, I just talked to the middleman but yeah got it. <laughs> But anyways, back to back yeah, to the so, question. Uh, spe- special editions were the the first ones I saw. I got that, you know, that classic like gold VHS case that came. Oh yeah, with all three of them oh, yeah. in it. Um, and like, like during that time period, like the the toys would come with like a paper slip in them that said like, "Do you want to become a member of the Star Wars fan club?" But it was pretty much just a sign up for Star Wars Insider. Oh yeah, subscription. hell yeah. They're, yeah and like the one case. of the first insiders I got had uh, the like the first reveal of the battle droids, and I was like, "Holy shit! Like this is perfect timing." Yeah. Now they're making new yep. ones right as I'm getting no, I mean, like, you, into these movies. You make a great point. I mean, people that would have just come into it in the mid '90s, it, it really they they I, I believe would they run like '96, '97? I think were when the special editions came out. You know, yeah. so two years mm-hmm. down the road, you're already getting a brand new movie. Uh, where a lot of us, you know, we, we thought George was done after Yub Nub and everyone was happy and the ghosts were chilling and it was <laughs> real Anakin and not Hayden Anakin and all that fun stuff. So I, I'm guessing someone that only knows the special editions, have you gone back and have you tried to watch George's original cuts of the of four, five, and six? Or it's like, who gives a shit? This is what he wanted. This is what it is now. <laughs> I think I've just seen like pieces of it on YouTube. I don't think I've seen like the full on movies. You can't, you can't get them anymore either. Like the, the, the original versions are not for sale. Yeah. Nick, it's the, um, it's, I think the last offering you could get them on were the DVDs of the, of the, uh, the entire six movie set. 
when they thought they were stopping yeah. there. Cause I remember each DVD of the original movies has the special cut and an yeah, old yeah, school, yeah. like four by three letterbox four version of the original cuts. Yeah. No, no updates to any of it. So they look like complete shit. Technically, <laughs> you know, like just like they came out of George's fucking basement in the seventies. But yeah. Um, I don't, I mean, they used to, the, I remember the special editions amongst, you know, people like me, they used to be, uh, hotly debated but then the prequel showed up and, yeah. and kind of sucked all that air out of that discussion into the the and then the the, the new the, thing to bitch about for star yeah. wars fans which was the prequels and then we moved on to bitching about the clone wars and then we moved on to bitching about the last yep. jedi and here we are yep always got to be bitching about something so uh i'm tired of the fandom wars yeah man. it's i'm, I'm getting too old for it is it is insane <laughs> and we all know i'm insane and sometimes I, I i take some pretty hard line stances here on the show uh but in the end outside of you know trying to get a rise out of people and just being a jerk off online i typically enjoy a lot of star wars i don't give a fuck what people like star wars as long as you know uh, their their points for not liking it aren't ridiculous, like politically motivated or all this nonsense that a lot of them get wrapped up in now. Um. So yeah, hey, he, yeah, you're just stuck on Bozo Fett. I I love him now though. I love him. We're, we're going to be talking <laughs> no, about him today. We're going to be talking about him today and and where we think things are going based on a report that uh, that was released last week. And I don't know, through through War of the Bounty Hunters and obviously the Mandalorian and, and I know what Robert did in, in Book of Boba. He is becoming one of my Star Wars favorites, so I can change my tune. You just got to give me evidence uh, that, that allows me to accept what was being put out there of Boba Fett being this pimp. Uh, and he is becoming that he is becoming that. So I'm excited. And, and I, I like what we're getting or what we're hearing about the book of Bo, uh, book of Boba Fett and what some of his motives may be in that series. But for now, we're talking to our boy at super underscore scoundrel on Instagram. Great vector artist, uh, designer for the stars. That's his official title these days. Um, all right. So, yeah, that's I think you're our first one to just be introduced via the special edition. So I dig that. I dig it, even though they fucked up the Yub Nub song uh, for the most part. <laughs> oh, you forgot that I'm also a moderator. Of that's the Star right. Wars time show that's chat. right. Yeah, that's my, that's got to be my biggest part. He is one of our, our wrenches. I think we have three wrenches in total and, and Devin is one of yeah. them. So we speak your name again, Devin. Thank you. um yeah i don't know special editions have definitely gotten better over the years i I used to they used to bother me i i could give a shit at this point in time i even accept the vader no in return of the jedi now uh which is that was a hard yeah which is something that that used to give me heartburn uh i don't think i have it's it is (laughs) it's like i've just come to terms with it like you know maybe anakin's a little dopey and he does like to say no a lot so he's sitting there his head's turning he's looking at his son getting fried he's looking at his 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 master and he's like no (laughs) (laughs) he probably he had to get it out he had to get those emotions going so i mean i i'm i'm okay with it now i will say that it's like it's hard for me to even remember the original editions because the like I had them on like recorded VHS. So my friend had the actual trilogy pack and I took the tapes and I made copies. And I I mean like I watched them to death, but I don't even have them here anymore. I mean they're they're 
they may be lost to time completely. I remember they, you know, they were at once uh, sitting on a shelf in Louisiana and I don't even know if my parents got rid of them or what, like trying to go back and, and remember like, you know, specific stuff that I may have forgotten from, from the originals. It's, it's hard now because you don't, you don't get to see yeah, it. It's, it's been a while. I, I still think the movie that was least fucked with is empire. Uh, I, Empire. I know yeah, they, they Empire replaced the Emperor. Been. They added some CG shit to Bespin. Uh, but outside of that, I think that yeah. one remained yeah. fairly untouched, which... I was say, De- Devin may not never have seen Monkey Emperor. That's right. <laughs> Did you know, the, you know the scene in Empire uh, where, where Vader is talking to Palpatine for the first time? Yeah. It was actually a, like a, an old dude's face and monkey eyeballs is what they used for it. Uh, yeah. where, where now they actually uh, like someone posted that recently yeah. and I was like it's like, like a behind the scenes yeah, on it's that crazy and... <laughs> and they just uh, they dubbed our boy Ian in there now alright Devin so but also Re- Return of the Jedi had that uh, was the song with the uh, like that oh that that song like that's yeah, awful and that like the, the new song in, yeah, in, the, in Jabba's Palace that's sung by that that, that ding dong guy it is so bad that's where you got Boba Fett. Again, just making him look like a jerk off. He's sitting there like flirting with that one girl. It's terrible. Like, yeah. like we just needed the, what was it? Snice Snoodle song. That's it. That, 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 that you're right. That's I'm glad perfect. you reminded me of that. Cause that is probably one of the worst edits in the uh, special edition. It, it's getting rid of Yub Nub in Jedi and adding that dumbass song to the, the Jabba's palace encounter. Very good. Very good. I forgot about that. Now, I, I, you know, I wasn't feeling angry today, but now you just pushed the button. So now I, now I got a little bit of that hate flowing through me. That's what I need, just like Anakin. All right, Devin. So um, assuming you, you continued your fandom after, you know, the mid 90s, you, you're excited with Insider. Uh, I think a lot of us uh, signed up, like, like you said, kind of got scammed in the signing up for Insider. But I'm glad I did because it, it was a great little magazine. Uh, I don't get it any longer. Uh, but it was great when all the prequel stuff was coming out because that was uh, you got to remember, my friends, we didn't have the the Internet that exists today back then. We couldn't just go on Star Wars time dot net yeah. and check out, you know, some leaked concepts or official concept art. You, you literally had to wait for a fucking magazine to get printed or, you know, what ain't it? No, ain't I, it cool? News might so find into... something and scan it up there. But there was nothing back in the in the prequel eras in terms of content to dig into. Right. I was so into the toys that, you know, Christmas time, I'm just like up, like my face is stuck in like the toy section of the magazine. And they also had this section where they're talking about like multi thousand dollar statues and busts of characters, life size Han and Carbonite. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I, I can't wait till I grow up and I can spend like 15,000, 20,000 on this. Well, life size on now i'm wishing i i didn't grow up and get money to spend all that money because i i've actually done that and it it's like sometimes i look around my basement and just go my goodness dude the, the 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 items or the investment in your family's future that you could be doing right now versus buying all these little star wars barbie is is ridiculous but hey they make me happy i like looking at them sometimes i like touching them uh, but mostly just 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 <laughs> looking at them. So I, I taking 
I get it. I mean, we, we, um, Devin, he's got a great setup. I know the way we have the, the camera position now, you can't see a lot of his stuff, but I mean, I'm seeing multiple Grogu's back there. He's got a cutout of Din holding Grogu. Um, so he does it correctly. Force Awakens poster. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's legit. I, I, I don't go too crazy though. My, my stuff isn't like, like I've got like framed theatrical posters and stuff and like a few statues around. Yeah. But so uh, you, you're saying your like room doesn't look like the inside of a TGIF Fridays like mine does, where it's just like <laughs> random pictures and shit hanging up on every bit of wall space. <laughs> I mean, there is Star Wars shit everywhere. It's just not the most expensive it, it stuff happens. you can get. It happens. Like, uh, like Star Wars pr- uh, props has like yeah. shelves of. He's. I mean, I. I don't like helmet. Like five five thousand dollars props. Yeah, SW props. He. I hope he makes a ton of money because he. He's going to need to buy his own warehouse at some point in time. Like it's going to need to be, you know, controlled with its own HVAC system. And that dude has so much cool shit. It's ridiculous. Just Justin will eventually like what he should do is like his aim should be when he gets older and has a bunch of shit he opens a Star Wars prop museum like that's what he really go. should do. He Charge could be the next admission. Steve Sansweet. You know when 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 Steve dies, Justin can inherit all you know Rancho Obi Wan and kind of take that over for yeah. him. So <laughs> take take it over. All right. Um, yeah, I know he spent his. Uh, he told me not to tell his girlfriend that he was going to spend oh, no. his pandemic stimulus on the life-size Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> a boy, Justin. Hey, anything to jumpstart the economy, even if it's, yeah. even if it's collectibles, we're down with it. All right, dude. So, you yeah, know, back bro. to kind of your Star Wars profile here. What, what would you say your favorite movie is out of all of them? Uh, Rogue One. All right, a Rogue One. We, we've had okay. a lot of Rogue Oneers. Yeah. Is there a reason for that? I mean, not that it's a wrong answer, but is it just because it is <laughs> it is different than the trilogies? It, it, you know, what what draws you to Rogue One? I don't even think it's the best Star Wars. You know, like I would say like Empire to me is the best one. But like right now, it's my favorite to watch because like it's got all the modern CG and and graphics and stuff and they did a great job with like making it feel like the battle of scarif it, it like these guys are like actually running around on the beach and stuff it was lots of practical stuff um but I, it's kind of like a great combination of a modern star wars movie and like ot yeah you know? no i agree and i am um... I mean, a lot of people pick that. I mean, I, almost anyone will, will choose that as their favorite Disney Star Wars project. And I actually, I, I, I think Andor is going to kind of follow the, 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 the structure of Rogue One in terms of what it yeah. looks like. Uh, like you said, it, it brings kind of a, a realness to Star Wars, even though there are still spaceships and, and laser guns. Uh, but you know, uh, gritty is a good term. I think Rogue One definitely is the, is yeah. the grittiest of Star Wars, and I'm hoping to see that uh, carry over into Andor. So, as a as a Rogue One fan, are you jazzed for Andor? Are you like, who gives a shit? It's not Kenobi. I I think people need to stop sleeping on yeah. Andor. It's like it's actually one of my most hyped things right now. Like I know everybody's like going crazy over Kenobi, but uh. I think it's going to surprise a lot of people. 
Yeah, it is the one with the least hype behind it. I mean, you look at, I mean, even from the leaker community, as we call them, like they, they don't even seem to be either. They're not interested in, in getting information on that show or like it, there's just not as many leaks around it or. Well, do you like remember that, when they first started shooting to me, it's the most leaked yeah. production yet, but that's because it seems like they tried yeah. to film and uh, film just, in real world where, you know, I, yeah, they were all out in public. I, mean, I was just going to mention that like the setup that they have for Andor is crazy. Like the city that they've built. Yeah. Yeah, like a full on city. It looks You're right. like they're using like less volume stuff and just like mm-hmm. and, and, and they built I think that that out. goes back to your point on yeah. Rogue One and and I I don't think you're wrong. I think Andor uh when it's all said and done even though it's not going to be starring one of Star Wars royalty, you know, characters like Obi-Wan Kenobi or these days Din Djarin, Grogu, Boba Fett. Uh, I, I do when it's all said and done, I think it's going to weave a tale that a lot of us are going to dig because it's still covering that era that doesn't have a ton of content to it. I mean, uh, you know, it might brush up against some rebels content. It might brush up against the tail end of some solo, maybe tail end of some uh, of some Kenobi. Uh, but it should tell a deeper story about the formation of the rebels Uh, what they had to do, uh, maybe how Andor becomes one of their shadier operatives. I mean, let's not forget at the beginning of Rogue One, he murders his fucking contact. Kill, just fucking cold-blooded, right? Just snuffs him in the alley like, thanks, dude. Thanks for the info. Bam! We never saw Rebels do that shit. And and I I also think that's why Rogue One stands out because it... It finally showcased that, hey, you know, war is hell. And even the good guys are going to do shady stuff uh, to win. And and Andor Cassian is our guy. So I I think Devin is right. Um, It could very well be the the next sleep hit, sleeper hit on Disney Plus. Almost do like a Mandalorian where, you know, when we saw it, we were all like, sweet, the armor, cool. But we didn't know jack shit about the show. And now look at it. It has redefined Star Wars. It's redefined Star Wars storytelling. It's opened up all sorts of new narratives to tie into it. So uh, I'm with you. I I think Devin is he's he's a he's an intelligent speculator of the Star Wars. (laughs) All right. So um, character then is your favorite character a rogue one or are you going to go with one of the one of the mains uh, probably got to go with Vader. Yes, finally someone yeah. picked a bad guy. That's a Rogue One character. That's the first bad I guy mean, picked, like powerful, I think. But he's also got one-liners. You know, like he doesn't always take himself too seriously. Yeah, yeah, no, he is. He that that's a good call, and I think you said that because of Matt. You know that <laughs> that that Matt's a Vader homeboy. Look at the shirt right now. He's got the Vader shirt on. He's playing to the crowd. Hell, I but, watch Revenge yeah, of the Sith on call. Sunday just to see Vader become oh, Vader in geez. in the not so great way. But hey, it's the way we got. And uh, <laughs> it's funny because the, the the little one fell asleep. We watched it outside, so you got to wait until the the sun goes down on the big screen. She fell asleep all day yesterday. Hey, can we watch Revenge of the Sith? I'm like, no, that, that's a movie daddy's got to like give time to rewatch. I said, I'll make a deal with you. <laughs> when we get through Clone Wars all the way through th- season seven, I'll watch it again because it ties directly into that. And she's <laughs> like, all right, fuck you. 
<laughs> so she's like, "What the fuck are you yeah, talking she's like, about?" I, I'm four. She, yeah, she's like, "I'm five. I can watch the same shit over and over and over. I don't really care about your 41 year old brain not wanting to rewatch Revenge of the Sith ten hours after you just watched it." But that's a good pick. I, I think that's one of my favorite choices of one of our guests, Nick, because you know, obviously, he's my number yeah. one. Uh, he's George's number one. George is on record. Without Vader, there is no Star Wars. He is Star yeah, Wars. Although, I guess yeah. J.J. tried to want to make Palpatine Star Wars, but hey, whatever. Ray Palpatine, Ray Skywalker. You say tomato, what I say your, tomato. <laughs> what was your favorite Vader scene? Because now there's, I mean, there's a lot. And you can count, I'll count Revenge of the Sith in there too. So when he makes the switch over. Oh, he's Vader. Like when he I mean, deals down he's Vader without the he, armor he, and, and rots. Let, let's yeah. be clear. So yeah, what's your favorite uh, Vader? probably empire when he's like luke's got his hand chopped off and he's you know the wind's blowing his cape back you stand that is his arm outstretched it's like very shakespearean (laughs) yeah it is no you're right that that's a good one and i feel like that's like that's probably the most iconic scene ever from star wars period i don't think that there's one that that can really match that because in the in like the 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 societal perception of star Wars. Like that was what really like the first movie, like introduced star Wars in a very interesting way. But like that particular scene in empire was the one that was like, that's where everybody who wasn't like a sci-fi fan was like, Oh shit. Like it doesn't matter that star Wars is about spaceships and laser swords. Like there's some deep storytelling that's happening here and and everything. So I feel like if there's one scene that anybody knows, it's, it's no, that of course. Scene. I mean, in, in pop you culture in general, how many times you hear people speaking into fans or no, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's probably the most pop cultured star Wars scene out there. Um, yeah. What the hell was I going to say about Vader? But, but let's be honest that, that rogue one hallway scene it's, is, that's, that's, I mean, come on, that is to me, I yeah. could watch that on loop at a movie theater, you know, and pay $15 for it. You know, two hours of just watching that saber light up and then going through and decimating everyone. And then let's do it again. Uh, it is. It's just it's fantastic. And it's it's I hope we get something similar, if not on steroids in Kenobi. Uh, that scene showed the world. We all knew as Star Wars fans, but I think that scene showed the world that if you actually let Vader be Vader and give him time, give him the spotlight instead of all his whiny ass kids and shitty boss, it would hands down be the greatest Star Wars project ever released. There's there, there's no argument. If you had a a, a Vader anything. Even 30 ass minutes of Vader doing Vader at peak Vader. Cause, oh, that's what I was going to say. I think where Devin's at saying in, in Empire, I believe that was also peak Darth Vader, right? In terms of his power, his cockiness. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was feeling good about himself. And now we know through the, through the comic books that he was feeling so good about himself that Palpatine ripped him to shreds and made him rebuild himself took him down <laughs> but, yeah i mean empire was was probably vader at his at his best and in his mind he, i think he was really starting to feel like i'm a motherfucking power and like i could just hey i got my son i can he and i can take over the galaxy now fuck this palpatine dude so we love you darth we love you even though you hate sand but we love you um all right devin so 
what what's um you know sometimes I, I prose this or pose it in this this manner. If you had to try and sell Star Wars to let's say Din Djarin, who was locked up in a bunker for his entire life, yeah, what <laughs> moment from the franchise would you describe to him? Like, what is your favorite? What is a standout moment from the Star Wars franchise that you feel like you could talk anyone into watching it after explaining this moment? Oh man, um, maybe the trench run. Trench runs. That's, that's a, that's a great a good answer. One, I wouldn't. I mean, a lot of people go but, to like. But I also want to say Duel of the. Fates. Okay. All right. We'll we'll give <laughs> yeah. you two. We'll give you two. This is a Star Wars time show. We don't follow any strict rule set here. Um, you can have two, but yeah. Let, let, so, but when I was in line for two C special edition, um, that was my first time being in like a big ass movie queue, yeah. you know, with everyone mm-hmm. and. And when my uncle was trying to explain like what this movie was, he was like, if there's this trench run at the end of the movie, you'll see it's you're gonna love this shit. So you're you're actually pulling from personal experience then, because that's what your uncle used to sell you on it. That's that's a good call. Hey, look at that. Because if you did like Yeah. See so now we're getting it right from a first hand source. I think that that's and like it, an it inception is, like, moment right there. Of, yeah. <laughs> if you think about all of Star Wars too. The trench run is a unique perspective because you never really get that again. That first person, like, boom, you're coming down into it. And then, like, the tension just within that scene, you, you rarely got another moment like that, even in, you know, ROTJ, where you're essentially running it back. You're doing the same thing, except it's a little bit it more, like, you know, CG. I'm heavy. glad Devin brought it up because it is a scene, if you think about it, at least for me. Uh, the moment when, when it's just down the Luke, he's got the targeting computer out and you can tell he's all fucking scatter fucked, right? I think R2 is yeah. just about to be shot. So he's going to lose his assistance. And then, you know, it, it's his theme or the force theme starts to queue up. Old Ben comes over the force radio and just says, you know, let go. And that that's that's a that's a moment to this day. Even talking about right now, I want to break out the tissues and have a good Star Wars cry. <laughs> the tingles. It is. It, it's it's a moment. Just just reliving it in my head right now. I almost got a little sappy on everybody's ass right here. It can happen. It's happened on the show before. Just get me talking about Vader versus Luke and Return of the Jedi. And if it goes long enough, I'll probably start going like this. Um, but no, it is. I mean, the the trench run in, in that moment in particular, right? before he makes the shot and Han shows up and really Han showing up just kind of bookends the feels there because you know yeah Han Han's part hit, hits me even harder yeah. right because I don't know about you know, I don't know about like, you like the first time you saw yeah. it you're like man what a dickhead he, he's just leaving these guys and then at the the last minute the right <laughs> the right moment the scoundrel shows up and saves the fucking day I mean without Han Luke's toast. So, yeah, I mean, the Luke thinking and struggling to the Obi-Wan speech to Han showing up, basically pulling off the first on your left, right? What a scene. I mean, bravo, Devin, bravo. I mean, I I don't think people really, really analyze the the, the trench run and how many just feel moments it can produce uh, for us Star Wars fans. And then your your other one was was Duel of Fates, which, you know. Of course, of course. After Filoni blessed that with his gospel, 
every Star Wars fan <laughs> has to mention that as being one of the most key moments in the entire franchise. Because uh, as Lord Filoni explained, gotcha. that's where everything goes south for Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan yeah. Kenobi <laughs> and the Republic in general. Qui-Gon's death kind of fucked it all up. So beautiful, beautiful. Yep. All right, so let, let's get into Devin's skill set here, which is being a badass illustrator, as he calls himself, and now a slash graphic designer. I don't call myself that. <laughs> All right, he's a Los Angeles illustrator <laughs> slash not, not in graphic designer. All right. <laughs> Um, hey. hey, Devin, do you feel like your your fandom for Star Wars, TMNT, pop culture stuff, geeky stuff, is that what kind of led you into doing art and making art about this stuff? Or have you always just loved drawing, illustrating, whatever to, whatever magic you guys do or you, you produce out of your fingers? How'd you get into it? Yeah, I used to draw and paint like every day. Um and it was always fandom related stuff, but, but like I have all my art saved from like every period I went through and you can kind of see like what fandom. Yeah. You see like Ninja Turtles and then there's like the Saving Private Ryan, like Omaha beach drawings. Oh, wow. And nice. um, Mortal Kombat and Star Wars. So is go. this something that you were just naturally gifted at? Did you ever go get professional training? And if you're on the live stream and we have his page up and I encourage you to, to take a look at it. Uh, if there's time, I'll, I'll talk about some of our, our favorite shots. But I mean, if you look at, at Devin's work, it's just, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, it's, I've said it a thousand times, like, you know, I want coffee books from Devin. I want, you know, <laughs> wall prints, foil stickers, like his art just screams. It needs to be hung up and displayed. So did, did you get professional training or is this just years and years of a passion that you've honed, you know, since you were a little kid? Uh, yeah, I took some, took some art classes outside of school but i mean you know I, I had pretty good art in school also i guess and uh yeah or at least that's what my classmates said so it's uh it's one of those things to where like if you if you're not i would say i don't want to say naturally talented because everything like anybody can learn everything anything if you dedicate enough time to it and you're motivated to learn it but like, I feel like for you, there was like a spark of creativity that was already there and nobody really every, like nobody tried to put it out and it like it, it nurtured itself through your, through your fandom and through your, through your drawings and everything else when you were a kid and like having, cause I took illustrator lessons. And like, when I was in college, I took a lot of design oriented courses and like, I was always better at like two things. 3D animation and video editing were like my strong points when I was in college. And like, I took a lot of classes using like Adobe Illustrator, Photoshop, all like the, the entire creative suite. And like the shit that you do, like I can see like concepts that I was taught in it. <laughs> but then I see like when you, like your full realization is just like eons above anything that I was ever able to achieve or even anybody that I know was ever able to do. Like even the good people in my class, yeah, what he's saying we're is not able to, you make were, you were born things. to do this, right? I mean, this is something that 
when you were picking shit up as a kid, you weren't drawing circles that looked like squares like I do even to this day, correct? I mean, there, there was like some form of, of genetic gift, or is this just 10,000, 20,000 hours of practice? I mean, I've got some weird drawings from my I, I still have the, the paper where I, I, I was learning how to spell the word poop. Got you. And also drawing, drawing shit and spelling nice. at the same time. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> and just Mommy, look what turtles. I made today, a pile of shit. It's poop, P-O-O-P. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, did you always, and, and I'm going to reference your most recent echo piece. We have it up on the stream right now. Did you always, uh, kind of use the, the vector art form as your, your, your staple way of creating, or is this something you've kind of settled in over the past couple years here on Instagram? Um, I mean, I, I, I was going to summer school for uh for like design type stuff or like learning photoshop and illustrator so like eighth grade i was already getting to know those programs and um but then high school i probably didn't use them too much here and there um and then and then like college just when i picked it back up again but i i would say it was like the last like the last five years at my full-time like apparel graph design job where where i have to do vector art um and and lots of illustration you know daily that i've gotten so used to it do they i have a question there on like on shirt designs and whatnot does it have to be vector for for the printing and shit like that or is that just the the, the style you prefer to create in um, it doesn't have to be vector, but like the more colors you have on a shirt, the more expensive it gets. And it's, it's easier to prepare an art file with vector art where it's like, okay. you have like five to eight, like flat colors and you could just point them out Got it. other than full on like shades and gradients and stuff. It's. I, I much prefer vector art. All right. So if you're dopey like Nick and I, and you have no clue what vector art is <laughs> or how to create it on the stream right now. I have a, um, it, it's a shot of super scoundrels of, he kind of made like a custom Mandalorian little Republic commando helmet action in there. But if you scroll over, I believe Devin, this would be probably what you create first is like the vector patterns of a character where you're, you know what is it just drawing all these lines everywhere right i mean is that that kind of what vector art is yeah taking that teach us teach us idiots what 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 the hell is this art (laughs) i i've always really sucked at describing it but i'll do my best um it's it's much easier to like watch a three minute video than but it's it's almost like connect the dots in a way like when you're drawing that yes you draw like an outline first or the line work or like the yeah line work and like uh, like the black parts of it like I'll, I'll always do like one layer that has like the shadows mixed with the line work or whatever so whatever is going to be the color black but um 
it, it's like the the program helps you draw like perfectly straight lines and like perfect circles and arcs and stuff. So it's 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 really mechanical. Compared, it's not like drawing and painting where you're like you know you're shading and it's all wrist movement and stuff. It's more like if you're drawing a line, you'll click at the beginning of the line, and then the next click is where you want the end of the line Got to be. You. I, I could still see that, that getting very tedious, though. Like, I mean, you, you put some intricate yeah. designs into a lot of your work. Uh, what, what takes longer? Is it, it, it is all manual. It, it is all manual. Work. Got you. It's just different. Does it take you longer to lay out the vectors or to illustrate it or color it in? What the fuck? I mean, what, what would you call the... You, is it... <laughs> Coloring it in, shading it in, illustrating it—I don't know. Remember, we, we just call this stuff real ass paint. So our our uh, our verbiage for actual art. But, but is, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I'm a vector guy. I, I can't even call myself real ass paint, you know. <laughs> um, but it, it uh, like every every color is on its own layer. At least how I do it. So holy hell, how big are your your files then? So, like like let's just take this. What are you calling this guy? Your most recent Mando art, that that one that's he's all in black. It's right. like a, how long did that take from? Oh, I have an idea to I'm posting it on Instagram. Uh, I I probably spent like two days on yeah. it. I I would I would think so. I mean, but but you you really got a that's like a long two days, you know, just like. <laughs> very tedious but um like to get the to get the illusion of like a a 3d effect or like depth or whatever like let's say i'm doing his like arm or whatever like i'll have one layer for like a bright gray one layer for a medium gray and then one for a dark gray and like when you put when they're layered over each other it creates the illusion of like the highlight and the shadow you know and then there'll be one layer that I'll call like highlights and I'll just do like the like white like glimmer on, on parts of armor oh, and stuff like the absolute brightest now part. now all this stuff was this um, just all trial and error or or did you learn some of these tricks from training I don't know maybe even YouTube videos cuz like I mean, how, how the fuck would you know, like, oh, I got to create layers for the lighting, the shadows, to give it depth and this and that. I mean, I'd imagine these uh, Photoshop files when you're done are, are massive. I mean, you, you got to have like hundreds of layers in there if you're saying each color is its own layer, right? Uh, Yeah, hopefully like, well, I don't I don't know. I'll have like. 40 layers maybe yeah. I, I could probably do less but like I I don't know I want if I don't like something I want to be able to just like click off a layer and make yeah. it go invisible right. or whatever you know but um with that particular piece um uh for reference because I didn't create that that custom Mando character uh my buddy Alpha Ignition you've probably seen him at some point he's like really dope cosplayer on Instagram and he's got like his custom Mando armor or whatever. So I just have his, like one of his photos on a layer or whatever. And I'm just drawn over got it. You. Yeah. The, that was the only thing that I could ever get decent at when, 
when I was doing vector stuff was tracing, tracing shit that was already there <laughs> and then trying to go back in and add appropriate coloration and stuff to it. But yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing to see. Cause like even one of my favorite things that you've ever done, and it's a, it's an ongoing series that you still have is like, is your vice series. Like you're, you're like very colorful takes on, on star Wars characters. I mean, I've worn the, the Mando vice shirt multiple times that I have on the show. And I just think Thank that, you, sir. yes, of course, of course. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful design. But it's like what, well, one kind of like what inspired that particular take? Because it's so different than anything that you see in the Star Wars art world. You know, like everything's usually like very gritty, very like grounded in Star Wars itself or like in a more dark tonal area. But then you come out here and you take these characters that have never seen the color you know, purple outside of Mace Windu's lightsaber before, and then you just throw them in there, and it looks so organic, it looks so natural, and it that, there's no disassociation between the character and where they are. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I started doing a lot of, uh, like, retro, you know, like, synthwave-looking designs, like, fr- from time to time, uh, at work, depending on who the client is. Um, and then I just, I, I guess I just wanted to start incorporating it into this. And after that first one, like the Mando one, I was like, damn, like, I really like how this looks. I'm, I'm going to make this like an ongoing thing, especially because like at the time I was listening to so much Synthwave and, you know, GTA Vice City soundtrack. But the music was just kind of feeling what i was working on i i feel yeah. like no i, I mean feel like this style is you know uh, among other things i mean we, we all know why you're popular and, and you, you have the following you do it's easy just look at his page at super underscore scoundrel but i feel like once you started putting these out and that's that's when things started to really take off like the you know that these alt synth wave takes on mandalorian characters um, you know, you did, you did one for the night owls. We're looking at your most recent one here where you're using McQuarrie's, uh, Boba. I don't know. It just could be me. I'm, I'm kind of creepy. I, I look at everyone's accounts pretty much every day on Instagram. Uh, but, but I feel like once you started, you know, making those design choices that they started to, you know, maybe get a little more viral than just your, your other excellent, uh, more tried and true star Wars work. Is that a fair statement or am I full of shit? uh full of shit man it really depends on i don't know it's some do better than others it, it depends on the piece i right. think I, honestly it's been such a struggle since like there's no live action stuff on i know you talk about it a lot how shitty instagram is right now from the algorithm to just the activity on the Star Wars Insta right now, but oh, it's crazy! Like my personal account, and yeah, I know it's because I'm I, I don't really post to it anymore. But over the summer, I think I've lost f- it's about 250 followers for not being active. Now I'm guessing most of those are bot accounts because I can tell you right now, people, if you have enough time in your life to go through and actively unfollow accounts that aren't posting regularly anymore. 
there's something there, there, you're, you're missing out on <laughs> this, life. Yes. You're, you're missing out on some things in life. Okay. So I, I think it's mostly bot related, but again, if, if, if the algo doesn't see you pumping those quarters into the machine, it's like, all right, see you yeah. later. We're closing off the, uh, the, the electric power to your account and it's just going to die out. So I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I, I love this style and it's, I'm not like Nick though. I haven't forked out all the cash yet. I'm a shithead, but I, I would love to get one of these. Prints. I, I got to get some more stuff, honestly. Like it, the thing that limits me is I'm now limited on space where I can hang stuff. So, um, but so we've been talking about like, so you mentioned that kind of your work took you into this style here. And one really awesome thing that, that you started doing recently starting with with Schwarzenegger I think is that you've started making designs for oh, yeah. some pretty big names in Hollywood um how did you come across were you like reached out to by their their representation these these people cuz i mean we know Arnold Schwarzenegger Kendall Jenner's new tequila brand and now your most He's recent one sensei is Martin himself. Joe, aka Sensei Crease from I love it when it popped up Karate Kid so how did you he's, make he's really contacts? cool too he's like yeah. really nice and he, he just says his his character isn't a bad guy he's just misunderstood yeah right <laughs> that's what they tried to get across in the show for sure um but yeah how did you come about making these contacts was it something that you were like actively looking for or did somebody like find you through your through your social accounts and was like hey we want you to to work with these people so it's an it's a company called Represent, and okay. um, it's, it's it's like entertainment merchandising, but all the work is for clients for celeb clients that we've reached out to. I, I joined up with them in like the end of 2015 or something, because um, one of my high school friends became their first art director, so okay. she kind of hooked the job up. But like every week we're bringing in, you know, a dozen new accounts uh, and we just have, so we have like all the account managers bringing the celebs in and then, you know, my design team uh, sending design books out to them and stuff. But we're pretty much like, hey, do you want to start your own? Yeah. Do you want to like sell your own original merchandise to your fans and we'll handle everything, like set up a a website and for you and so is this your handle shipping and design Devin, is this your full-time that? gig now then doing this or do you do do other work mm -hmm. for other design outfits uh full-time with this that's awesome right, so you know I, I love arnold he is he is literally a national <laughs> treasure right and in the picture of him he's got he's got the sword he's got the <laughs> the barbarian helmet do you get to interact with him directly at all or does he just give your outfit some ideas and then you do your thing, you get creative, you design and you send them off to his people and then they, they make the final choices. Like how much do you have any direct contact with the client? Um, like how, how did you design this shirt? If you're on the live stream, we're looking at uh, Devin's creation for Mr. Schwarzenegger to sweet Conan the Barbarian shirt with a play on barbell. Uh, like, like how did that come, <laughs> come to fruition? Right. Um, 
So it depends on the client if I'm if I'm gonna meet them. Um, I'll say a, a good amount of the time I'll, we'll get on like a a Zoom call with them and their agent or whatever. Uh, unfortunately, with Arnold, it's my boss that gets to ah, you know ah. talk to him and stuff, which, which is a real bummer. There was one uh, photo shoot with him that I was gonna go on, but uh, it it got postponed and I ended up not going. But um, I just but yeah, I'm giving his feedback, you know through my boss. So is okay. it, is but, it uh, similar, the I, process, you know, those of us that watch some of the behind the scenes, you know, just, a, just like a star Wars movie. Is it similar to where like George being Arnold or, or your boss just lays out some general ideas. And then you as a, as an artist, just concept stuff out. And, and maybe they're like, Oh yeah, that you, you captured it exactly right there. Or is it more focused? Like, I want a barbell, you know, that type of stuff. And you, you knew you had to get a barbell in there and it had to be Conan. Uh, well, this time Arnold said, I need an idea that will blow up my skirt. <laughs> That's, just what, That's what you had to work off of. That's, oh, I love it. it. That's all I, had to I work love off it. Of. If you just wanted something, I would blow up the skirt. <laughs> and, um, so I, it, I was just sitting there for hours trying to think of something. And I had do, done shirts with taglines that were puns with him before that were really popular. So I'm just thinking, like, how can I tie fitness into a movie that he's worked on? Because his fitness following is, like, super loyal. Right. Um, and when I thought of Barbarian, I was like, you Fuck got a winner yeah, there, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so with this, and was it thinking of the of the the slogan first, like the tagline, and then you created the image, or was it vice versa? Yeah, I was I was trying to think of a movie that I hadn't like done something with because I've done like a ton of Terminator stuff with him before, yeah. and um, did a little bit of over the top. I, I have no, oh, no, that was, that was, that was that's Look at this guy. I mean, Fred, he, yeah, he's Fred, making yeah, shit Fred for Fred. all of the eighties action star pimps. You got to love it. If you're not on the live stream, if you're, we, we are going to pitch Stallone. Right. Well, you, you have to, cause I mean, you, <laughs> you got to get, get I mean, you got to yeah, get Van Damme in there too, I guess you got to get all the eighties and nineties action stars <laughs> who are all half dead and still oh, making we, action we movies. Did, now. Uh, we've done, we've done Van Damme. We've done Chuck Norris. Oh, well, shit. shit, man, Expendables uh, 4 we just with, got announced, we so, I mean... Bruce, work with Bruce Lee's daughter to do Bruce Lee's stuff. Right. Um, Excellent. Yeah, if, if, if you're on not on the stream, just listening on the audio-only version, well, I'll try to describe Arnold's uh, barbarian design that, that Devin created for him. It says bar-barian, and then you got, a, you got a picture of Conan there, and he's curling a barbell with skulls on the end. It's just it's it's beautiful. It's perfect. And and, and it, that, the one revision to that design was he asked for the skulls on the barbell. <laughs> nice. You just had like regular yeah, weight no. on it. That was a good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah that's I a, love it. Like, Arnold throw was, some skulls uh, on him. And we're yeah. good. I look like a sissy. Put about. some skulls on it. <laughs> <laughs> but my my first campaign with him was. Uh, like in 2016, the first design, he wanted a shirt that said, come with me if you'd want to lift, 
So Got that it. was the first like play on words <laughs> one, and it went insanely viral. It it sold like eighty three thousand tees in two weeks. And I'm I'm nuts. guessing you get zero percent commission on sales, right? <laughs> you, you just probably get a salary uh, fee, and then I, I do yeah. I do. I do get a little. Okay, you get a little of the back end. That's not bad. All right, so buy these shirts. Buy Martin's new shirt, damn it. (laughs) Phil Devin's coffers, if you will. Um, But yeah. I sold pandemic masks with him uh, over the last couple years. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So the Martin one, this is your most recent outing or creation for a celebrity, and he he actually didn't. I mean, he looks like Crease in these photos, right? He's got the stogie. Does he smoke stogies in real life like Arnold? <laughs> yeah or no? He I don't just, know. He brought the prop just in case. It, it definitely completed the look. It does. Yeah. It, it did. Yeah, because yeah, you created him, what, two two designs, King Cobra and uh, Merciless. Uh, King Cobra, is a, yeah. it's a nice shot of Sensei Crease. He's flanked by... Uh, cobras, if you will, Cobra Kai, get it? The King, King Cobra. It almost, it almost feels like a Metallica "Ride the Lightning" uh, album cover. The, 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 the King does, Cobra yeah. shirt. I, I think it was his, his son that was like on the call that okay. asked All for, right. for a Metallica ask. See, I may be stupid with the art and the ter- terminology, but sometimes I can kind of pick up where th- where some ideas may have come from. So. Uh, it's just I, I just I, I'm I'm happy for you that this stuff is is happening. It sounds like it's been happening for a while, but I don't know. It just feels like maybe it's picking up. Maybe we pay more attention to Devin's account. I don't know, but I mean, this guy's making killer vector art and designing for the stars. Like I said, uh, you got the old uh, was this yeah. Kenny's tequila truck. This is the deal you did with 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 Ken. How did how did that come about? Cause that's, uh, this seems to be a little bit different than, you know, like the t-shirts, hoodies and stuff like that, that you've been doing through represent. Was this like a different deal? Our former like CEO became like one of the top brass for her company. Okay. Apparently. So he brought us in. See, I, I can't awesome. remember if I said this in one of my lectures for my capstone students or on the show. But that right there, again, just it proves my point. It's all about who you know. It's all about who you know. You, you've got to have the skills and the dedication to get good, as in G-I-T-G-U-D. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it truly, it's about who you know. I mean, it, you can only sell yourself so much. After a while, you got to rely on some of your, your networking and your connections. And if you've been listening to Devin's story here, he got this gig from a high school friend that he probably stayed in touch with, wasn't a dickhead to. And now this has, has spawned <laughs> into him working with celebrities, his company getting uh, marketing deals with uh, people like the Kardashians. Love him or hate him. They're, they're brand makers and they, they move the meter for some people. So, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, don't be a dickhead to people you meet in life. Cause you never yeah. know who may be able to hook you up in your future. Am I wrong or am no, I wrong? No, Devin. Speak, speaking of the, who, you know, thing, my, I actually ended up going to Mark Hamill's house because oh, motherfucker. my friend who gave me this job was also friends with his daughter. So then I, I became wow. friends with her. Are you serious? Wow, look at you. Wait, 
You're in with the Hamels? This, this is a... We didn't know this? It, <laughs> I, I'm assuming a lot of this, a lot of these connections stem from the fact that you've, uh, I'm guessing you, you've grown up and have lived in Southern LA, or, or I mean, Southern California, right? Your whole life. I mean, that, I, I'm not saying yeah. that, that that's everything, but it, it seems like through Kismet or whatever, some of your connections in life have, have really stumbled upon some gems. I mean, I, I was actually going to ask, like, all right, dude, how long before we see Hamill on your page wearing a super scoundrel design? So it, you, get, you guys pitching his camp or he's not interested? He's, he's, turned, he's turned down my designs like multiple times. Really? Uh, wow. That, that I've sent him through through the company. Right. Um, but it was really hard because like we wouldn't have the Star Wars license. So like we had sure. to come up with like things that like reference Star yeah, Wars, yeah. but like weren't fully into it and um I, I would say like the star wars actors like that was the first time where like almost all of the cast was like no we're too scared of disney's like legal because yeah. like with other shows and movies the people will normally yeah. be like uh fuck it yeah we'll do it no i, I mean <laughs> like, i yeah did, <laughs> i get it we've but, you know we've we've been trying to interview some current star wars talent and every time it looks yeah, like it's going to happen, we get the old Lucasfilm said we're not allowed to even talk to you, low lifes, where yeah. no one's even going to hear it. But we, we just don't want to get in trouble. So, uh, and I, yeah, they'll run you down. I also, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I follow him on Twitter. I mean, he trended over the weekend just for tweeting his name. Like that's that's how big of a force he is on social media these days. But I don't see Hamill as someone. And, and I'm not talking shit against the governor or Martin. I've just never even seen him trying to hawk anything about him on social media in terms of like selling Mark Hamill design shirts or this, that, and the other. I just, I, I think it might be, yeah, the Lucasfilm stuff, but I've also just never seen Hamill go down that path of uh, trying to cash in on his decades old uh, fame at this point in time. Uh, so don't and he doesn't like to do like the autograph stuff that's what either. i mean like he just he's yeah. avoided all that i mean i think some fans are probably pissed because there are fans that love doing the autographs and you know justin would be one of them uh, sw props but he really is i mean if you think about it you almost have to applaud hamill because unlike a lot of people uh, that have a a hookup like him he's not necessarily taking advantage of the con circuits the, the 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 signing rings and all this shit where they can make thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars a month just by kind of relying on their their past so don't take it personally devin we'll, we'll blame it on on mark in the way he likes to kind of put his his star wars work out there i don't think it's your design so other than us I mean, other than a Star Wars actor, is there like a like a great white whale that you want to get? Like, who is who's the one person? Obviously, can't you know it can't be a Star Wars or that you would want to really do a design for that you've been like cooking stuff up in your head. Uh, I I really don't know. Okay, I can't. I can't who do you think would be good? Rosario Dawson? <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be God a great star. One, actually. Oh yeah. yeah. Sorry, I forgot. Um, no star. I don't know. I think like I was gonna say. Like, I think that your style in particular would be awesome for like for like Keanu Reeves, just because he's he's got so oh, many. Okay, that's it. That's the one. That's the one. I love Keanu Reeves. 
<laughs> yeah, apparently, I mean, because if you think about it, he's got so much. He's got John Wick now. He's got The Matrix. He's got Bill and Ted. There's so many good properties that that your oh, art yeah, style he, would be. He really is synthwave well ready. I mean, Keanu is synthwave. Yeah. Like you just look at him and you feel the music <laughs> coming out of him. Would yeah. you say, Nick, we're getting a we're getting I mean, a Matrix I'm a, trailer? I'm a half white, half Asian, dude. So so Keanu <laughs> yeah, is like you're... my racial representation in movies. So hundred <laughs> percent. And and like one night, I I was like super drunk, and I I saw that they like BuzzFeed was accepting questions for an upcoming Keanu Reeves interview, and I was like, there's no way like the, I'll be one of the ones that he ends up answering. But I was like, I have to try. It's Keanu. <laughs> And I submitted my question, and then like like weeks later, I'm like, oh shit! Like, what's this Keanu interview? And it was called uh, Keanu Reeves interview while playing with puppies. And oh, he answered my question in the interview, and I was like, holy shit! Do you remember what you <laughs> asked him? You're like, that guy's like my freaking idol. <laughs> Do you remember the question? Was hey. it like completely drunk and like stupid, or was it a, a decent question in the end? It- <laughs> I said, do you think John Wick and Ted Logan would get along? I guess that's not oh, bad. Wow. I mean, I, I could see where, you know, that was a little booze induced, but that's, that's kind of a fun <laughs> pop culture, like geek out type of question. Yeah. Yeah. I got to go find. Yeah, I want to see the answer. Like, what, what is he like? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> i feel like john wick would just be totally annoyed by ted i don't know <laughs> like, like it, get the fuck well, well hey man when you sh- when you show up to the comment section after everyone's taken up the normal questions you know True. Right. what are you gonna do <laughs> right yeah you gotta you gotta get creative i'd say as, as long <laughs> as good. ted doesn't bring any pencils to the meeting it, it might go okay but you know you gotta watch wick and pencils <laughs> Um, well, speaking of Keanu, Nick, didn't you say we might be getting a, a Matrix 4 trailer Ma- this week? Matrix 4 it's trailer. Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. That's what I thought it was tomorrow. It's Thursday. And the teaser website's up already. So it's prime time. It's prime Keanu time. Represent needs to there reach go. out and Let's get go. the hookup. You better get your bosses over there to start sending the flares <laughs> up. Like, hey, man. Let's go. Oh, okay. I think I know why we haven't worked with him because he doesn't have social media. Oh, so it's like impossible to get in touch with them. Cause no, yeah. cause that's how they, cause it's this, it's the client that does the promotion to their fans. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what I've passion project. Yeah. It's like, look, Let's man. Do it anyway. Yeah. yeah. He really could. Man. Yeah. He, he has I'm, no socials. I, I love the guy. It's, I mean, he really, he's another just treasure uh, from the screen. And I don't, I don't know yeah. if you guys read the synopsis for this new matrix, but I think it could actually work if they pulled it off. I, I, I think it could work. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, they, they just, I think they just revise it. I'm assuming Nick, it may be on that site you're talking about, but we'll get the trailer this, this Thursday. And who knows with, with the lack of star Wars content, I feel like Nick and I may have to, expand uh, into the (laughs) pop culture universe and maybe start talking about some of these trailers and and big releases. Uh, I'd love to do a little ditty on the Shang-Chi, but Nick has not seen it yet. He is not supporting (laughs) movies back in theaters, um, but it's fine. I don't blame him. Apparently the two movies, like Shang-Chi and Matrix 4, have the same cinematographer or something like that. Well, that that bodes That's, well. Wouldn't surprise I, me because because they had like a lot of like 
people from like kung fu film oh, and stuff. Yeah. Are, I mean, on, on that's why Shang Chi. I mean, it's it's essentially MCU's version of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. It's it's great. I mean, it it is a good movie. It's very different than what people may be used to. Um, I, I don't know. I, I I quite enjoyed it. I'm interested to see where things go from here. Uh, but but speaking of of Shang Chi, that's the proper way, right? <laughs> Well, there's like a whole scene in the movie where, uh, what's her name? Aquafina kind of makes fun of, of, uh, Sean, what they call him in the movie, Sean and why he chose Sean, which is just a play on his real name, which is Shang. And she, she kind of okay. busts his balls, but no spoilers here. So we're not going to go into it. Uh, but before we went live, Devin, he kind of keyed us in that he's going to be, uh, working on some stuff for, Mr. She himself, or at least the actor that portrays him in the movie, uh, Simu Liu. So, or Liu, I'm sorry. Um, is that again? That just kind of happened through your through your company. You reached out. He dug what he saw, or did he give you ideas of what he wants uh, in the design? Uh, so our company has a Marvel license. So I, I've been like sending stuff out for like. Oh, so you, you can know, go, low, you can go low balls key, out. division, like uh, everything. Yeah. Um, I've done like a bunch of stuff with like Mark Ruffalo and this, and because of like Mark Ruffalo, uh, I got like a bunch of Avengers movie campaigns. So I like awesome. did some merch when those movies rolled out. That's awesome. But, uh, man. Yeah. See, you would never know just by looking at Devin. He's a very humble artist. You would, you would have no clue. I was going to say, we, uh, He's doing all this celebrity you know, work. Like, I mean, like I said, I, I I was not wrong when I announced him today in the show's opening. He is a designer for the stars. Truly. I, I'll, I'll let you talk me up. You're good. What? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of self-promotion is not yeah, a hey bad man, thing. Every now that, you know, you should be, you should be proud of yourself and what you're getting into. I mean, oh, that's, not, that's not many amazing. things that the star Wars time show has touched, has blossomed like your, your, your account here. So <laughs> it's been yeah. very interesting to see your growth. And, uh, uh, really like my most, uh, exciting project right now is I just just sent a design lookbook over to Gal Gadot and she's on board so yes nice Wonder Woman stuff there you go what a goddess I mean that she is one of the most beautiful women on the planet photo shoot where I'm there (laughs) yeah it's like just so I can give some design feedback I just need to be on set <laughs> yeah, uh, stunt, awesome. stunt buddy did the. I, I don't know if the trailer dropped yet, but he worked on the Netflix action movie with Reynolds, Godot, and The Rock. And yeah, he, okay. he can confirm in person she is just as beautiful as she there is on go. the screen. So, <laughs> <laughs> my God, I, I got to get my head out of the gutter. She is just what a what a goddess. She truly is an, an Amazon. No, no, we we all agree. All like right. whoever's in the chat right now, they agree. Everyone agrees. Yeah. Now you, you, your buddy, your buddy props is us in there busting your balls and Nick's for not supporting yeah. the Asian movement in, in going to see Shang-Chi this week. Okay. So. The reason that I did not see it is because Taylor is out of town and you go to the movies to see these things together. So yeah. she just got back on Saturday. I'm back to seeing movies by myself. Kids in school. Wife is like a, a real deal manager these days. So I had to squeeze it in on like a, an odd time on Friday, but I, I did get it in. Uh, We're going to go know. back to them. 
props this weekend. I, I actually met Star Wars props because he came in as a freelance photographer for our company. That's awesome. And, yeah. and after after only meeting one time and talking about uh, like Last Jedi at the office, uh, we ended up going to celebration together after only meeting once. So yeah, now look at that. Now you're 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 homies for life. So you know Star An Wars friendship. It can bring people together. It can tear <laughs> families apart. You just you never know. It's it's a uh, for a science fiction creation. It really has uh, become like a uh, almost like a political topic for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. You know, you gotta, it, watch, it, yeah. gotta watch what you say yeah. about Star Wars these days, or you might get someone it's, upset. It's, uh, <laughs> that incendiary. Beautiful. Hey, I, I did some. I did some work for Gina through my company. There you and, go. Uh, you know, R.I.P. Like, <laughs> like like new stuff. I mean, was it for the Star Wars work or some of her no, other it, other was, stuff? This was like before Mandalorian season one came out and it was, I think it was like a charity for like wolves or something. Okay. Hey. Like a wolf conservation. I, I, yeah. I figured these yeah. days she's asking you to like create a shirt of her and Ben Shapiro's new movie or whatever they're making <laughs> yeah, together. Yeah, Whatever that movie is. Cause she, that's going on. She's showing all of us, but Hey, whatever. But that's a, I mean, that's amazing. We never like, you know, we had, just seen a few of the more recent posts stuff like that but yeah we, we never knew no that clue look at this with, guy with, look at this you know guy. went that deep so i mean that's that's some pretty amazing stuff would you say that this is like this is like a dream job or is there like an aspiration that you have outside of of this work like is your is your ultimate goal to end up somewhere else or is this like a very happy position for yourself uh i, I think it's like a dream job yeah yeah i'm I'm super happy with it. I mean, there's sometimes you get like, you know, you got to work on like a some 16 year old teen YouTube sensation that <laughs> Ooh, is that, very that, cringe to do research on. Yeah, yeah, but, I feel um, you there. But like then when you get that like person that like you're really a big fan of, it's it's a lot more fun, and then you go harder on the designs when yeah you, you like that person. So when when Dave Filoni reaches out to you and he's like, "Hey man, we're doing a new style of art for our next animated project, and we're basing it off of what your illustrations <laughs> look like," you're gonna be like, "No thanks, man. I'm happy. I'm gonna stay where." <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not interested in in working for Star Wars. That, is that what you're saying? <laughs> I, I don't even think I'm worthy of working over there. Oh, you know, come their on. Their artists are are whole different like level you know but i would love to be like sometimes i'll do poster series from like random like instagram artists who are pretty small and stuff and i'm like i i don't know why you guys haven't <laughs> pretty small is beyond you at this point <laughs> like i feel like pretty small passed you up at your seven thousand uh seven thousand follower highlight <laughs> like you're pretty small have you done uh, speaking of posters have you ever done any of the poster posse stuff or like the gallery was it gallery 1988 i haven't um someone reached out to me about doing a dune poster like a week ago but or a couple weeks ago and then they like just like ghosted after that oh, but oh, i'm like i guess they found someone better ah, <laughs> see. i see 
Don't feel that I, way. That sucks. I did one for Jurassic World uh, Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. Okay. I did okay. a Velociraptor illustration. And I didn't know like exactly what they were going to use it for, but they use it for a bunch of stuff. It was um, it was the cover of Empire Magazine, which was crazy. Holy that, shit, yeah, what, what does that feel like to see something you've created on a publication that, you know, goes to pro- I'm assuming at, at least a million subs. What does that feel like? I mean, is that like a, do you, do you just get a sense of pride when you see that? A single tear of joy comes down. (laughs) I've made it, motherfuckers. I can imagine. And and then in like, in some countries, they're handing them out on the like premiere night, like, like uh, a free giveaway at the theaters. Yeah. And then that's yeah, that's amazing. I'd imagine that just has to feel good to to know that something you've created is being used to promote a massive, you know, multi-million dollar project. Millions of people are seeing it. Uh, I would assume that's why most artists do what they do. I mean, we could get all fluffy and be like, oh, you do the art for you, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, (laughs) people like making money and they like seeing their stuff out in the wild and people reacting to it. If we didn't, we wouldn't use Instagram or TikTok or any of this other shit. All right. We're humans. We like when people like us. It's not that hard to figure out. So I I love hearing that type of stuff. Devin, would you say for you personally, is it more fun to work on these uh, commission projects like your professional stuff or the excellence you throw up on Instagram? What, What do you get more gratification out of? Um, I, if, if Mando were like live right now and I'm like super hyped on star Wars, then I would definitely say the star Wars stuff. Okay. It's right now. It's like, it's like a seasonal thing then. If kind it, if, of a drag. Cause it's yeah. like, I'm just like yeah. going through the motions. Like there's less activity, like not as many eyes on it, but still takes just as much effort. See, um, I'm I'm excited to see when Visions drops, what your brain cooks up from there, because because Visions with the with the Eastern style, with this, the focus on like samurai style stuff like that. If that kicks in any thoughts in your head, I feel like that could that could be uh, some, some I could magic see that right it, it's um I don't know if you you follow Daz Tibbles Devin uh, but he's another artist yeah. that that we appreciate and oh the ones he's been doing are th- that's what I was gonna say is like I don't know if yeah. Nick's seen yeah. those but uh, it sounds like Devin has but uh, Daz has definitely started to to channel visions and and he is he's running with it like that that astromech he did with like the ronin straw hat and a spear i mean i, I just yeah. I, the yeah. way the way your brain works the way his brain works i just i wish i had like a percent of that just a percent <laughs> of that imagination but when i first joined instagram like the two my two like star wars like art idols at the time were like venomous and daz because yep. they were yeah. the first like big accounts that stood out to me that um you know, just have so much traction all the time. So it's like weird as hell now when random people are like, dude, you're one of my favorites along yeah. with Venomous and Daz. You're, and you I'm are. like, I, <laughs> I would, I, I mean, Hey, you're like me. You probably don't believe anyone. You, you know, you think you suck and all that stuff. That That's how I live. I live in the, in the, in the negative. It's not healthy. Don't do it. People I'll die young. Um, but you are, I mean, I, you, for someone that looks at this fucking shit 
every day. Like like I said, I mean, there, there there's an hour a day dedicated looking at Star Wars fan art. I've been doing it for three years now almost. I, I am an expert. I'm going to call myself an expert on looking at people's art, not making it, but looking at it. <laughs> and you are 100% up there with, with Daz and Venomous. I mean, it, it's you're, you're just as creative, just as efficient, and the stuff looks fantastic. So, hey, we speak your name. You know that over here. But, uh, you know, as we kind of wind things down... I typically like to ask our artists to to drop any tips on our fans' faces just in case there are other aspiring real-ass painters out there who have looked at Devin's work at super underscore scoundrel on Instagram and have been like, you know what? I want to do that. I want to be like him. I need to know, like, like, like what's a, what are some good tips for someone just starting out in the hobby? Um... For me, especially with the vector art, um, it came down to uh, like finding vector artists that were I thought were way better than me, and I was just like, "Holy shit!" Like this person's style is like so great. So I I would like mimic some of how they did things, kind of like fake it till you make it. Got you. But, I mean, you know. You should, once you de- develop your own style and stick with it, that's cool. But like, definitely when you're getting used to, you know, using Illustrator and stuff, it it helps to see what other people do that are like full on pros. No, you know? I, I've actually heard that from a lot you hear of me, people. Nick? No. <laughs> I, I, yes. I've, I've yes. heard that advice from a lot of people that have have picked up the traditional painting art skills, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Remember, we're stupid. That's it, how my and it teacher, is. It is. Like, it's like um, you, you kind of start by emulating the greats, like going yeah. back and looking at how they would do things and maybe even tracing them. But eventually, uh, like Devin said, you're, you're probably going to find your own style and then you just got to mm-hmm. just, you know, put in the put in the time. I, I think it's safe to say over his lifetime, he has reached master level. He's put in the 10,000 hours to reach master level, as they say. Um it is just it's having the passion and the and the dedication to the art form sticking with it so yeah and and speaking of dedication i quit drinking and decided to replace the drinking with art so there you go oh whoa there you go i i may need to talk to you because i i feel like i need to cut out (laughs) some of my uh my my medicine as i like to refer to it around the house so my kid doesn't quite know yet that her dad's a fuck up uh but yeah i just i don't know i just said it to my wife i was like it's not like i'm crazy you know it's maybe four five beers over the weekend i don't drink during the week but at 41 there are some days i'm waking up today was one of them like what the fuck did I do this weekend? I feel like I was cracked out and you know, I wasn't drinking a lot, but I, I don't know. I just, I, I I'm feeling yet. And I think what you said is something I would have to do too. I, I'm going to have to find one of my hobbies and just dump that time into it because I don't know. I, just, I mean, for lack of a better term, that's kind of what they try to get people to do who are addicted. It's like trade one addiction for another. I'm not saying that Devin was an alcoholic, all I'm saying is that, like, that's a very common tactic when taking with somebody no, who I, has an addictive personality. Yeah, I, I, and that's me. I mean, I. Oh, oh, I was a real dumbass, though. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think everybody has been there at some point. The real dumbass is definitely a title that we could all hold at one point in our life. But, are you, are I mean, you talking like you couldn't even function in life? Like, was it that bad or it was just, you know, you're partying a little too much? Uh, no, I was, I, I was fully, fully functional, kicking ass at, at this job right. and everything. But, uh, you know, just super dumb asshole on Friday night, you know? Got you. Yeah, yeah. Or like, oh, what did I text my ex-girlfriend? Yeah, one of those, like, <laughs> you wake up the next day and wonder what you did in your somewhat blacked out state. I get it. I get it. Well, congratulations on that. I mean, I, like I said, I, I'm, so, I'm addicted to food, booze, other stuff, you name it. And it's something I know I'm going to have to find something else to fill that void. But at 41, I'm, I'm starting to feel it more than I ever felt. It's like we're almost turning into an afternoon school special now. You know, <laughs> don't do drugs. <laughs> don't do drugs. I mean, this hangovers a- last so much longer than when you're in college. Yeah, that's but true. I need like two, two full days of lying on my back in shame. <laughs> that's fun yeah, the whole yeah. weekend is in recovery from the Friday night Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 we're getting uh, within the live stream chat his buddy's in here kind of ratting him out he's like I guess Devin must have really been off the handle on these Friday <laughs> nights because he's like he was insane old Devin was insane is the comment here so. <laughs> um, well because we, we first met at that or we were first hanging out at that Star Wars celebration yeah. And every night he was yeah. just going hard. Yep. And he was like, you are such a crazy fucker. <laughs> well, you can ask Nick at the same one. I had a night like that because they kept feeding me IPAs instead of cutting down the regular wife, beer. Uh, his wife was yeah. just plying him with alcohol. I was, I was vomiting was- in the taxi to go watch the Mandalorian panel the next morning. It was <laughs> not great. But it happens. It happens. But- well. But there were, we met so many, so many like Star Wars royalty at at the hotel bar, like yeah. um, freaking Sam Witwer, and yeah. I, I was randomly like talking to this girl, and I like I thought she was kind of cute, but then I find out she did the the motion. What do you call it? The uh, mo- motion cap. She did the mocap of Rio. Nice. Oh, okay. Wow. Like, That's random, but awesome. <laughs> yeah. So you guys were staying at the actual what was at the Westin. You were at the the hotel where the convention was was taking place in Chicago then, right? Uh yeah, it was like the Marriott. Yeah. That's something. um that like anyone that's into uh, you know uh, just occasionally maybe rubbing shoulders with people you look up to. That is a well-known trick. And I picked this up when I used to cover E3. Uh, when I was in gaming media, fuck all the, Oh, I got the, the pass to this VIP party, this, that, and the other thing. Most of the cool people, most of the people you want to run to are typically chilling at the hotel bar. A lot of people don't know that. They think that everyone wants to go out to all the flashy stuff. No, like most of the celebs and the people that make the star Wars, they don't want to fucking go out at night. They just want to go to the hotel, maybe catch some drinks, shoot the shit with their colleagues and go back up to their room. So uh, there, there's Devin's second tip of the interview for you. Don't discount hotel bars at 
events like celebration. Okay. <laughs> if uh, you're still partying, get yeah. your money's worth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. Well, um, it, it's been real. Oh, wait, wait, one more thing. Okay, sorry. You guys need to come to the next celebration. I know. Justin, I, yeah. Justin's hitting us. I, we're going to have to figure some shit out because I think we've missed the windows to actually get any sort of passes yeah, at this I, point also, unless they're media related. So go ahead. Man. I will well, not when be When it gets available. close to, to the actual event, they'll open right. a website page for like official reselling of tickets, okay. which is how I got my ticket to the last celebration you yeah. can for sure get in you will get in we'll be there it's i will not do because i'm not gonna be shots. in the country again I'm nick going to be on a vacation nick is officially pulling out i haven't out. i haven't pulled completely I'm, out yet but we'll we'll see i'm not, I'm yeah, not no, fully like, shutting the door my family planned a vacation at that time so oh, i will not be able to oh. this is we're your family, this is family. <laughs> that's right remember they, they said they'd come and get us at the airport and all that shit so yeah, i, I no, may a, or at least at least justin and, did i may i may hold him to it if i actually show up but i mean there's a part of me that i oh, know he 100 percent will and oh, by I know. him i mean like we we will i know <laughs> trust guys. me you guys you're good guys i know you're good guys um, but we'll, we'll see. I know I'll experience hardcore FOMO once it gets closer and that may push me over the edge, but it's, I don't know. I getting out to uh, Anaheim just, it makes me itchy, uh, from the Midwest. It's just going to be a shit show. I, I I've been so happy that I don't cover E3 anymore and have to go out to LA once a year. Cause it, sucks but this one you'd actually have to go to la and then drive down to anaheim or go to san diego and drive up so it's not an easy place to fly to is what i'm getting at well have you guys been to galaxy's edge yet i went to the florida real quick you went last week right were you just one of the first people in is that why it looks so dead or is it actually that dead well, I did get there at 7:30 a.m. Okay, so, so I, yeah. I was, you I were was one of the first. amongst the first in there. But no, it was it was dead like that for most of the day, and there was like no no lines for rides. I yeah, just, I went on Smuggler's Run three times. You know, that's awesome. And and Rise of the Resistance is crazy good. It's fun, isn't it? Yeah. Did it break down? How many times did it break down? Because when I went to the one in Florida, I was on one where it broke down so bad that they had to turn all the lights on and walk us through the entire building to get out. Did it, it made it? You didn't have any breakdowns? Uh, No breakdown, but I wouldn't mind walking through those, the rooms that they had on that ride. (laughs) Yeah. It's like the first order star destroyer. It's funny because once you leave the main play area, I guess we'll we'll run with that. It looks like a fucking office building. It really like all the hallways right. that that we were using to get out. It just looks like an office building that has a really bitchin' Star Wars ride inside yeah. of it instead Once you of get cubicles. In that behind the scenes stuff, yeah, like the behind the scenes shit is weird in Disney because it is very, I don't want to say clinical, but it is very it is. like it kinda standard. Is. It kind of is. Yeah, but I will be going in November uh, when I'm there for vacation. So I'm looking forward to it because when I went last time, Rise of the Resistance wasn't even open yet. So this will be my first time there since the ride has opened. They're, they're both great uh, rides and they're they're both very different. So it's like you can't even compare Smugglers to 
ride ride yeah, is, is a rise it, it it's like an experience it's what i feel like the hotel's going to be like sands a ride you mm. know you know devin when you walk out of the the transport for the first time and you're you know on a star destroyer like how it looks and feels that way that i, I have a feeling that's what the hotel is going to elicit at least you know from from people that go all right yeah. dude well, yeah. it's been real. Thank you for the time. Thanks for uh, coming on the show. I'm not going to say finally because it was it was our fault, Dragon Feet. Uh, but it <laughs> it was a pleasure talking with you. I love hearing everything that you've gotten into. Thanks to your your talent, and it is a talent. It's a legit talent, and we speak your name for it. So, everyone, if you're not already following him, you must do so now. Don't make me destroy you, as my buddy Darth Vader would would say. All right. <laughs> He's Devin Doty at super underscore scoundrel on Instagram. I'm assuming other platforms. If he's on them, it's probably a similar name, but his main home is Instagram and every Tuesday as a mod for the star Wars time show on YouTube. So let's get, we'll get a little self. So I got to start moderating now. Yep. Yeah. Now you, you got to get back, yeah, to, get the, back to, to work. The damn it. That's enough. <laughs> yeah, break, breaks over buddy. All right. So, thank you again for coming on. See you, Devin. Do I X out of this thing? Nah, we'll, you guys? We'll, we'll kick you we'll out kick and then you we'll, out. we'll be looking for All you right, in, in the chat room, my friend. Cheers. Thank you again, Devin. Thank you. All right. There he goes. Mr. Super Scoundrel is off and returned back to the wild. Um, <laughs> you know what, in Nick? I was, habitat. I, I was, I was happy to hear like that the Arnold and the Martin stuff. That's just not, that's just not a random thing. I mean, this is something he's doing. It sounds like a weekly, monthly basis now. And and it sounds like he's being well-paid and and living his best life. Yeah. No, it's amazing when something like that, when you can land a job that is so within your area of interest, not only in terms of like your job, like what you're doing, but also, in the work that you're doing, like making stuff for these amazing, you know, movie stars and, and, and film subjects and stuff like that. So, uh, that's, that's a truly amazing job to have. And I would, I actually envy him for, for having a position like that where he gets to do awesome work. I mean, Nick, Nick's not lying. (laughs) Like Nick and I have pretty great setups. I think I can speak for him. Like our, our work life balance is, is optimal. Right. Yeah. And I actually, I do enjoy what I do. I mean, clearly I listen to me. I am a bag of hot air. I went from being an introverted (laughs) child into someone that likes to hear himself talk. So I enjoy teaching people. Uh, I, I love lecturing. I mean, these days I love getting online on, on zoom and, and, and delivering my gospel and computer science. But I would say I, I lack excitement in my job. Mm-hmm. I would say Nick lacks yeah. excitement in his job. I do feel like I'm, I'm, I'm missing one little ingredient to be 100% happy with my, my, my job. And it is, it's like, they'd be like, hey, Matt, you're a dickhead. You're influencing thousands of humans that may go on and do great things <laughs> because of something you said. And it's like, okay, great. I'm an asshole. I'm superficial. I like, I want the here and now and you know, the instant awesomeness. So, uh, I get it, but it does sound like Devin has that he has achieved the job where, you know, it doesn't even feel like you're working. So you don't worry about work-life balance, but you're also getting to do, uh, awesome stuff via opportunities. Like 
him and Justin paired together, if you think about the shit that they get to do, pretty good gigs. I mean, Justin is he gets yeah. to go to all the movie premieres. He's sh- shooting a lot of the celebs that are wearing Devin's designs. So kudos to them both. All right, my friend. Yeah. We're uh, hour 40 in. We got to get moving to try to stick to our new edict of shorter shows. I, I think you're right, even though I didn't want to agree with you, but that's just kind of how we, we uh, sort through our problems over here. Hey, there he is. <laughs> the mod's in. He, He's back in. The wrench. That a boy. He didn't, he didn't even take a five-minute piss break. That's how we like it. <laughs> he just jumped right in. Uh, uh, all right, my friend. Yeah, I mean, the good, the good thing this week is there's not a whole lot happening. No. No, you know, this was a relatively low key. Yeah, I, I'd say the big one here is this deal on on Boba Fett's motive and potential armor yes. change for the book of Boba Fett. Um, this is, again, coming from the Star Wars News Network. So I tend to trust them. Uh, they did not follow up on their Kenobi leaks because apparently they got their sources in some hot water with the shit that they that we talked about last week. Uh, but anyways, uh, according to SWNN, and and they themselves are classifying this as a rumor because, like us, unless they see it themselves, they're not going to kind of uh, lay down their reputations. Not that we have a good reputation or one worth paying <laughs> attention to, uh, but at least myself and Nick, we'll always run stuff as rumor unless we've seen yes. something or know something. But what they're saying about uh, Boba Fett in his motive in the book of Boba Fett it is not too far off to what Nick and I, and, and really probably a lot of you have been spitballing about after we saw him uh, blast bib in the face, roll his fat ass off the throne and take the seat. Uh, so apparently his motive in the book of Boba Fett is revenge. Pure and simple revenge, which Nick, like mm-hmm. I said, I mean, sometimes I like to rewrite history but didn't we kind of say that this is a, a route that could be taken, you know, thrown in like a, the potentials of Cad Bane, yeah. flashbacks, figuring out what happened with the Sarlacc pit. Um, but considering how Book of Boba is teed up, he just took over his former boss's palace. That's like which level is, one revenge right, right there, which is probably <laughs> still doing shady shit, right? Even under Bibbs, yeah. Bibbs leadership shit <laughs> leadership leadership one would have to think that he's probably gearing up to do some stuff that is not on the straight and narrow right now like if you're going to take over yeah. a gangster's former hideout you're probably going to do some gangsterish type of stuff yourself i gotta agree with that there's no reason for you to jump into the throne of the former king of the you know the huts to for no reason and we all, I guess like when we were watching Mando, we were under this, we were kind of working under the guise of like, oh man, is he like reformed? Is Boba Fett walking well, a new path I mean, path Nick, he, even, he, him and Fennec essentially say the same thing. Like, look, we are vile pieces of shit. And then the Dune Sea kind of, kind of teaches you yeah. a lesson in life. And, and I think that's why we, we've been asking like, well, was he doing the shit for Din because it was a debt he owed him? And is he going to go back and kind of dabble in the, in, in the, uh, the the criminal aspect of his past, but it, it looks like he he may be opting for the latter. And he mm-hmm. he and this is what this is exactly what they said. Um, 
blah, 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 blah. he is hell bent on going after everyone who did him wrong in his life that he already hasn't wasted. That's kind of the spin I put on it. Um, he will also yeah. be looking for other bounty hunters and he will be doing so with a new look for his armor. So let, this let, is the, the interesting. Let's stay on the revenge piece for yeah. now and, and speculate that, on, on that before we talk about the armor. So, yeah. So even before Cad Bane made his way into the Bad Batch, one of the first things that you brought up when Boba Fett was kind of reintroducing the canon was, you know, the, the, this abandoned duel that happened in uh, in Clone Wars between them two. It's the den and the helmet, and it was supposedly how Cad Bane was going to get wasted back in that time period. So now that Bane is back through Bad Batch and he survived his encounter with the Batch, it does make sense to have these two have some sort of meeting, whether it be in flashback form or like truly happening in Mandalorian timeline, which would fulfill that ultimate like, hey, I'm out for revenge. You wronged me. I'm coming to fuck you up now. It brings in a lot of potentials for 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 that storyline. Like even Han Solo okay. could pop up in yep. the Boba Fett show. He, he's one that was on my list. I mean, naturally... I think in our fan responses, someone put this out there, you know, maybe Boba looks at it as a, a tit for tat between him and Han. He captured Han. Han misfired his pack. Han. Let's call it even Steven. You know, you don't have a bounty <laughs> on your head anymore. I don't care. Um, yeah. But, I, I, you know, Han comes to mind. Chewbacca comes to mind. Luke Skywalker could even come to mind. Uh, he He's yeah. not a fan of Jedi because of Mace, hell, Mace Windu, if they decide Mace to resurrect Windu. him, comes to mind. He would be number one on the hit list. In fact, he's already tried to take him out in the Clone Wars as a young kid. Um, I honest, Nick, I honestly think some of the revenge factor could potentially stem from the events of the War of the Bounty Hunters miniseries that's going on right now. And hear me out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why else does Lucasfilm and Marvel decide this year of all years to essentially reboot original trilogy FET through the War of the Bounty Hunters comic book run, which also crosses over with Vader, Star Wars, Afra, and the Bounty Hunters? It's like they knew what they were getting, the gift they were getting from Favreau, Rodriguez, and Filoni in the resurrection of Fett in The Mandalorian and the Neo-Boba era of the character. They knew that they were kind of juicing this guy. All right, he's always been a fan yeah. favorite because he's looked cool. I think we've established jokingly and sometimes a little too seriously that he really was a bozo in the original trilogy. Tamara Morrison himself has confirmed it. He is Boba Fett. Enough said, right? I, I don't even have to get on my soapbox anymore to convince people that in the OT, Boba really did nothing spectacular. So I think the, the combination of reintroducing the character as a bad motherfucker kind of led to, yeah. all right, let's, let's further this. But in his era that people first fell in love with him in, there's War of the Bounty Hunters. So there is a part of me thinking that some of the revenge will directly stem from what's going to happen over the next few issues of War of the Bounty Hunters. I mean, depending on how this yeah. is resolved, Nick, Kira is going to be on his hit list, right? 
you, yep. you could argue, I'm assuming Afra may get in there. Some of the other bounty hunters for sure as shit have already tried to fuck with them. Forlom, Zuckus, right? So uh, even Bosk himself has messed with Boba Fett in this War of the Bounty Hunters run. So uh, that's why I'm thinking some of the revenge we may not even be fully aware of until War of the Bounty Hunters gets through, which yeah. I believe it should uh, a few months before Book of Boba even hits Disney+. Plus. Yeah, my initial thoughts were definitely like outside of the main, like those main two of, of Cad Bane and Han Solo, my first thought went like right to War of the Bounty Hunter stuff, like specifically Afra. Because I don't I, like, I think they they're looking for a way to transition that character into like moving picture world. Yeah. Like, well, how do we bring her in? Nick, her in, and, and, and I, I think it's a good. I name. think you're on to something because her and and Sana, Sana. I don't know the fucking proper pronunciation, <laughs> but her and her female companion that they're kind of working together. They actually made a deal with Fett at the Crimson Dawn auction for Han Solo, and they're going to renege on it. So yeah, I mean that, that could be another one. It just, he, he almost sounds like in the book of Boba Fett, he's going to be Steve Buscemi's character in Billy Madison, right? Where he's sitting around. <laughs> he's got like a list. Yeah. He's putting on lipstick and, and crossing <laughs> off names of people he wants to kill or not kill after they, you know, uh, uh make amends for whatever wrongs they did yeah. to him when he was younger. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this it's a very unique situation that Disney has here with Boba Fett. If you look at it historically, Boba Fett was probably the most loved character who did the least out of anybody. That's a very fair statement. I mean, this, yeah, I mean, and and the things that he did were were bozo level. And it was most like his fandom was mostly found around like, well, look how cool this guy is. It's all armor based. And then, like, and then, you know, they, they tried to give him his, his time in the sun and the, and the novels. But essentially when, when Disney said like, Hey, we're going to take this, our entire canon in a new direction that, you know, we're going to cut off all of the old EU stuff. We're going to build from, from new, probably one of the names that was on the top of that list was Boba Fett. Right. Like this is a character that has a built-in fan base that we have completely open area to do whatever we want to do with. So, I mean, there's just and he's connected to so many people like just out of the just from the fact that he is a bounty hunter who's gone after some of the most famous names in the galaxy you can bring anybody into this show anybody who's still alive anybody who's dead because you can work in flashbacks in this show um i mean name somebody and there is a potential that they could be in the yeah, show I'm just, I'm- through some angle I, I, I mean, uh, Han, Luke and Chewie are, are easy ones because technically yeah. they directly led to his apparent death. But based on how Boba's I mean, being can... written in War of the Bounty Hunters, he's he's a very practical man. He's like, listen, if, yeah. if I don't have a contract on you, I don't give a fuck. Like, just let me get my yeah. Han Solo back. That's all I want, Chewie. I lit you on fire. I probably could have killed you. I just want to move on and finish my contract. So I, I know, I mean, Neo Boba, I don't, I don't know if he's going to be as uh, bounty hunter honorable when it comes to his revenge. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't, I, I just, I really think I'm trying to think to, to Clone Wars, like one of the last episodes he's in, I believe he brings on Asajj Ventress 
and she kind of fucks mm-hmm. them over to where he gets arrested and, and put in the prison. So I, do they bring her back from life? I don't know if her death is canon. Yeah. Uh, cause, I was going to say like her, her death is a new, is in a new EU book, like in a new, okay. Like, so it, the it, new it, so part, she's probably. gone, so gone. Yeah. She should be dead, dead, but right. who the fuck knows? You know, I mean, like I feel like at this point, if they wanted to, they could do it in a creative fashion and, and, you know, maybe have some flashback scenes with her. But I mean, if you think about it, it would be kind of a like that attitude and that that approach to what he's doing would be kind of a meteoric shift. Because like you said, he always was very like it's all about the businessman. Like he I think at, at one point he even told Han Solo and old canon like, hey, I don't not like you. Yeah, like, no, like, you're right. We just want you dead. Right. Like I'm just getting paid to do like a job. It, it, he, yeah, he's one of those yeah. people that can justify atrocities. Uh, because it's it's just a job, right? Like he's yeah. just doing and what he's paid to like, do. Yeah, and now it's kind of like the flip side of that coin, to where it's like I don't need a job. I want to kill you because you were mean to there me you go. when yeah. I was a child. <laughs> I, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I, I do think it's going to be coming from a true place of of vengeance. I just don't know. Yeah. I mean, do they already go back to the well and throw in? A, a a big three character like a Han. I mean, I, I think Chewbacca is an easy easy fix. You just call up Eunice or Junis, yeah, and we're off to the races. Uh, but Han, yeah. I mean, do, do you go de-aged Harrison? Do you go Alden and just use it in a flashback? I don't know. I mean, if he's looking for revenge, it would have to be older hair, older Han. It can't be uh, young Han. I wouldn't think so. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that the plan for Solo two. Like from what you've heard and what we saw at the end, like the plan was probably to bring Boba Fett in there, but who knows at this point? Right, and they they probably they just would have been terror. employees of of Jabba the Jabba the Hutt. I mean, the the War of the Bounty Hunters makes exactly. it clear that Boba Fett was Jabba's number one guy. But even yeah. even with that knowledge in tow, Jabba still didn't uh, give two shits about putting an open bounty on his ass because he thought that he screwed him over. So, I mean, let's be real. Boba Fett was raised by uh, bounty hunters, people that kind of, I would say, uh, skirted the line of uh, righteousness towards they live in a very morally gray exactly area. like the guy like, he, he's not a luke skywalker he's not even a han solo when it comes to his 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 motivations in life i mean he he was literally created as a as a machine of war and then trained yeah. his whole life to be a tool of destruction so he, he doesn't have uh normal emotions i i wouldn't think it seems like getting his ass kicked and living out in the dune sea for five, six years helped to humanize him a little bit. Uh, but you, you saw his interaction with Bo-Katan. I mean, he, he's quick to quick to pull out a blaster yeah. and, and defend his, his clone heritage against true Mandalorians. I mean, hell him and Casca were actually fighting each almost, other over yeah. shit talking. Yeah. So almost killed each other because of that. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely didn't put him on like a Buddhist pacifist path. No, 
his time in the desert. So, so I, I completely um, buy into the of- to the vengeance motive, and and that's really I, I think what we were we were selling ourselves in some of our speculation. I mean, outside of you, you have to give us how he comes back to life, and to me that is a no brainer. It has to be there, otherwise it's just going to be odd. Uh, but outside of that, yeah, it probably is like whose ass is he going to kick either in the present timeline or the past? Because you're not going to get a yeah. book of Boba Fett episode where they're just sitting around, uh, you know, talking or uh, escorting frog ladies and egg babies to her husband. I, I just don't see that in the book of Boba Fett, especially with, yeah, with Rodriguez so. being kind of the showrunner. And it sounds like he may have directed more than one episode. It, it's going to be. It's going to be like episode six of season two for the most part. I think you're going to get a lot more of that than what you got in uh, the Mandalorian, like season two, episode two, uh, the the frog lady episode. And it's fresh on my mind because I finally convinced uh, my kid that we need to rewatch the second season of Mando. So we started that last night, but uh, (laughs) it's going to be way more action oriented uh, than than even Mando was. And Mando had action in every episode. Uh, but sometimes, it, you know, in that in that episode, the the spider episode, the frog episode, it really was just running away and trying to From survive. Right? <laughs> yeah. It wasn't actual yeah. fisticuffs and gaffy sticks to people's faces. There we go. Yeah. So uh, it will be interesting to see how that all plays out. But so last, uh, last, we're only a few months out now. Last point on this one, Nick. But they also mentioned that we're going to get a new look for his armor, and it doesn't sound like it's going to be anything wild and. They weren't really sure if it's going to be the present timeline where his armor may look different or during some of the flashbacks. Uh, but they did commit to, in addition to the motive, that we are going to see a Boba Fett armor variant in the show, more than likely for marketing purposes and to sell more fucking figures to dopes like myself, uh, but also probably to help fans get a better idea of the of the timeline shifts that we're probably going to see yeah i i don't i would imagine that there's probably not going to be a costume shift for current time just because one literally just happened like he you know in the middle of mando season two he does the repaint and that seemed pretty fresh and and everything like that so it probably will be something leaning towards uh, flashback timelines and stuff. Maybe even you get the black armor variant that we saw in or the bounty hunters, uh, like on screen and, and, and people can use that as like their, their little, yeah, it's a good call. Man. I be like, okay. I, I just feel like the, the book of Boba people were more than likely in touch with Sule and his team on war, the bounty hunter. And there's I think there's yeah. there's great potential for some of that stuff coming to fruition in the present timeline or like Nick said, maybe giving us some flashbacks of just losing Han and how the other bounty hunters were trying to fuck him over to, to get Han Solo so they could get the money from Jabba. I, I don't know. I just, yeah. you know, you, you heard it here first. Not that it's matters or it's going to get us any clout, but I really think a lot, uh, not a lot, but I do think some more of the bounty hunters content will be paid off on or revisited in in the book of Boba Fett. So there you go. I think so. I think armor so. change though. What like what could they do without completely fucking the armor though? Like you you, you got to keep the the paint scheme, right? 
Yeah, it's does, it's does very he add some thighs? Maybe I mean Boba never really did. I was gonna say, is it? Are we gonna get another fucking thigh pad? <laughs> thigh pad gate. gate that's like, right. Where they have to yeah. sell eight like, versions of the same season two Mandalorian yeah, figure. The same thigh pad. Um, yeah, man, it's 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 hard. Like it depends on how far back you go, right? Because yeah. like if you go far far back, then you could get to a time period to where. You know, he's bumming around without his dad's armor. You know, he's he's got different stuff on and all this other like you could go way, way back. I mean, I really get it. I personally want to see him in the tried and true OT jumpsuit and armor. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I would like to see that a, a, a vision of, of what he used to look like in Empire and Jedi. Uh, but then, yeah, like this this new armor, it'll be interesting to see if it is a, a timeline thing or if in the present he does snaz up. I mean, to me, an easy change for what we saw him end the Mandalorian season two in is y- y- you get away from the like the robe under carriage and, and you go back to like a jumpsuit. Yeah, like maybe yeah, drop the turtleneck. Yeah, yeah, just, just you know, go back to the to the Mando, else. whatever that you know, their their overalls, their 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 jumpsuits, their yeah. pilot suits, whatever the fuck you want to call them, because I I just yeah. I don't think you can get too crazy with the paint scheme, and you can't get too crazy with with adding or removing bits of armor. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Because we've at this point we've seen him use every almost all the gadgets, so it's not like you could just remove a gadget and then be like, oh, you know, like he's already used the targeting thing that we've never seen him use before in Mando. Like he used that, so it's not like you could just rip that targeting computer right. off his head now and be like, okay, look, costume change. So I think it will be. I think there will be some subtle changes in his in his current timeline costume. Just to just to hit you again with another, hey, here's a $250 fucking Boba Fett figure, because this is slightly different than it was in Mando season two. But I do think that we're going to get more more variation difference in the uh, in the the past timeline. And that'll be the 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 real money maker for the toy distributors and stuff like that. That's that that's my prediction. And I, I really do think that a full black Boba Fett has, has a high oh, likelihood. Dude, of come on. I mean, collectors would eat that alive. I mean, we'd be like, give oh, us yeah. more. We'd be shoving it in every orifice we have. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think those are, those are your mo- mo- most likely changes. So, um, yeah, book of Boba Fett, December, three months away. So mark it on your calendars. people. We think in October go. we'll get our first peak. You got, it's gotta be October. I think that September, like this month would be a little bit too early. I, I'm guessing like third week of October is when we get like a teaser right. and then you set up basically like a month's worth of, of turnover between like full story length trailers, yeah, you get d- poster d- drops, TV you get spots all, all and all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Little yeah. I, like I would that. be, I would be shocked if, if we don't have both a poster and the first tease by the end of October. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not like these that. people need to dump a ton of money in the marketing. I mean, at this point, it's built in. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, come on. I, I don't I mean, I don't know why Star Wars invests half the amount they probably invest into <laughs> advertising, but I guess they still feel like they got to get to the the non nuts. Right. Like just your regular yeah, people out yeah. there. 
Uh, these days, it sounds like they're more concerned with uh, getting the, the all the bodies over in Asia into theaters versus, you know, over here. So you, you never know. They're, they're still going to dump the money into the marketing machine. But I I just I would be very surprised if we don't have something to geek out on Book of Boba Fett wise by the end of October. All right. Uh, Nick has another rumor for you coming from kind of the same family of shows in The Mandalorian. And I kind of saw this floating around, Nick. I I wasn't so sure we were going to run it or not. But I mean, it's it's like, uh, you know, it's definitely gotten some play, a ton of play. And that's the fact that there's a rumor going around. And I think Nick. Nick should have some very pointed comments on this, because at one point in time, he had a, a pretty good idea for the Mandalorian, the title yeah. and, and how they could refresh it without getting too crazy. But th- th- Nick, there's people out there saying that the the title of the Mandalorian could change after season three. So before you kind of get into explaining what's going on here, I, I, I don't know. I think it'd be a very ballsy <laughs> choice to make considering the built in branding you already have. I mean, at this yeah. point in time, if you say the Mandalorian, most humans that have the ability to stream content know exactly what you're talking about. And they're either going to go, oh, baby Yoda or the Boba Fett guy. You know, it's just it's yeah. it's baked into society at this point in time. That is the name yeah. of the Mandalorian. Um, From a marketing perspective, this is a nightmare. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I mean, it, if, it you're, just... if you're if you're on the marketing team for for disney lfl right now and like if these conversations are happening you're literally in there and you're begging you're like please don't do this like you you don't understand brand like you have to understand like brand equity and what even small changes could do to a casual fan base because like if you go in and you change your title not only are you changing your title, you have to change your marketing material. You have to change your, your brand assets. Yeah. You have to change your social media presence. You have to change everything around it. So from a marketing perspective, it's a it's like a terrible idea because of the amount of work that you have to do. Um, but so what Matt was referencing when he said that, you know, my ideas around the Mandalorian, the title of the Mandalorian and how that could be a very malleable and flexible thing is my first idea was like, Mandalorian, the Mandalorian is not necessarily in any way linked to then Dejarin. You know, like he is, he was known as the Mandalorian because nobody knew his name. But now that we do, you can use the Mandalorian as a title to say, like, hey, you know, if 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 Din's story has been told, you can still use the Mandalorian mm-hmm. as the title and have main characters like Bo Katan. Or anybody else that are, that that falls under the title Sabine. of a Mandalorian. Sabine. I mean, it, people. A, Nick has been saying this since I believe yeah. the end of season one. See, right? Is it? Yeah. Was it before yeah. season one? The end of season one when we when we talk about what's going to happen in season two, and you laid this out there, and I've always been like, you know what? That's that's definitely a doable idea in one way to extend this franchise, you know, into Simpsons territory. Not that I think we would yeah. ever get that. I would love to have a star Wars show that goes for essentially my entire life. I mean, the Simpsons has yeah, been on since I was maybe eight years old and it hasn't yeah, missed a season yet. It's crazy. It's fucking nuts. Uh, yeah. So 
I don't know. Do, do you think this is just a can of bullshit or, or explain where this is even coming from? I don't even think we got to that point. So yet. I think that where, where it's coming from is there's an expect and an expectation that post season three, there's going to be a very sharp shift in where your narrative is going. And that prompted a lot of people to think like, okay, well, if there's, if there's going to be that, you know, part of a right turn in your narrative tell, then maybe they do a title change along with it. The problem, I guess like a lot of the speculation started in that direction. And then it started to kind of tighten up a little bit to where people like there's been more clarity where people think that the title change could be Mandal the Mandalore. So you just take off the E-N. You, it's just M-A-D-A-N-D, you know, Mandalore with an E at the end. And then the tight, like the focus is now on him being the Mandalore rebuilding Mandalore and the Mandalorian culture post the, you know, everything that happened and, and stuff like that. So in my mind, that would make, if there is going to be a title change, it would make the most sense to do it that way because one, the title change isn't catastrophic. It's not like you're changing it from the Mandalorian to fucking whatever, uh, Din Djarin's journeys and whatever, whatever else. And it would be a cohesive change in line with the expectation of where the story is going. And that's the big thing is like, yeah, I mean, th this all you, stems from one of the poo flingers, right? Where, you know, tweet went yeah, out, I mean, the Mandalorian stuff going around, haven't heard about it ending at season three. I've been hearing for season as Nick correctly states yeah. in the post on star Wars time.net. You got to remember, uh, Jean Carlo already outed that it's going to be at least four seasons. I mean, in, in an interview, four. he's like, listen, Hey, yeah, stuff in season three, but wait till season four and seeing what my guy's getting into. So, uh, anyways, he's he, Jordan says, I've been hearing four season, but there's an end in quotes planned. If it ends, I've noticed all the qualifiers here. If yeah, quotes yeah. and if end, it, if, if it quotes. ends, I've also heard it'll just morph into a new show that sticks with the character slash time period, but under a new name. And I, I still, I don't know. Uh, like Nick laid it out there. He's a marketing guru. Clearly Disney and Lucasfilm, they have more money than they need. And I, I don't think they would let money be a, an obstacle if they decide to go this way. It just seems silly. Yeah. If you're, if you are going to stick with a core cast of characters that were introduced in the Mandalorian, uh, but, but it's narrative ends, but, it really doesn't and you're going to keep the same characters and time period. Like why the fuck would you be shooting yourself in the foot and essentially having to rebrand an entire new show, even though yeah. it's not technically a new show. I think yeah, Nick's, I, I, mean, I think Nick's idea is still the best. I mean, it, it allows anyone to be as fluid as, as they want with the series. You can yeah. kick main characters in and out at will, as long as you have a Mandalorian as the main subject. Yeah, and that's why, like, to me, even, like, the shifting narrative that follows different, like, you could have even, in, in, like, my head, you could have even had a season of The Mandalorian that was the book of Boba Fett, and you don't even have to change the name, because Boba Fett is a Mandalorian, like, that, you know, like, he, or, you know, he is thought by enough people to be a Mandalorian, so, to where that he could just slide in as a two-episode or two-season main and then the next two seasons after that, you're with Bo-Katan and the Night Owls. And then after that, you go with, you know, you go back to Din on Mandalore and everything like that. I think that that was the better approach. 
a title change is too confusing for I don't want to for for casual fans, you know, like if you go into Disney Plus and then all of a sudden there's this show on there called not the Mandalorian, but it is it's still the continuation. It's still the same show. People will not understand that. Like you have to understand that that people don't read things anymore. Like people know what they know, and if if something changes even minutely, it will be completely off of their radar. Um, so it's it's a it's an inherent risk when you go in and you change something as drastic as the title of the show. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, I think that this is all kind of bullshitty. There's nothing behind it that actually says that this is going to happen. Like even the the leakers and the pooflingers are talking about this in very hyperbolic language. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> quote this: uh, if yeah, that, if if and yeah, shoulda, woulda, coulda. If, well, they shoulda and they woulda and they coulda woulda, but it is yeah. quote the end, maybe not. I mean, that, that's pretty much what yeah. that's. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I do see what some people are saying though, like this story, if you follow it to its logical conclusion, has it does have a very limited shelf life. Like, I don't think that you can continue on this, on this particular same story thread for 10 seasons. You know, I feel like you maybe juice five out of this. And then after that, you're really stretched. Well, yeah, it's just, I mean, the universe so, has to get bigger. It has to get bigger at the end of season yeah. two. It's no longer father and son. It is, Holy shit, Din is now in possession of a tool that essentially makes him the ruler of Mandalore. He wants nothing to do with it, yet he just became friends with the lady that should be the ruler of Mandalore, yet she (laughs) somehow now believes that she has to earn it the right way, where before she didn't believe that. And that's fine. I mean, I think that, that they're just showing us, or she now believes the reason she failed after claiming the saber in Rebels is because she didn't win it outright. And, you know, this, they, you got to remember, Bo-Katan is fucked up, okay? Just go rewatch yeah. Clone Wars Season 4 and 5. I mean, until... It literally takes Darth Maul killing Pre Vizsla to get her to realize that she is not thinking correctly and she's being a piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, in, in Season 4, she helps burn down, like, just these... They look like, uh, you know, Native Americans and they burn down their fucking village just to make a point. And she's up there like lighting yeah. shit up and I mean, killing kids. She's she's not. Uh, I mean, you know, maybe she's morphed into it by the time she's in Mandalorian. It seems like she is a little more ethical and, and regal like and wants to do the right thing and wants to get uh, Mandalore back on track from what whatever the fuck the Empire did to it. But she was a very disturbed individual and her choices in life led to the death of her sister uh, the takeover of Mandalore by Darth fucking Maul. Uh, so she, mm-hmm. um, she's not the, the heroine that she may have been portrayed yeah. as in the Mandalorian. I mean, she's a hard ass and she can exactly. kick ass, yeah. but her, the way she's handled her life has not been ideal. Okay. Yeah. So there's going to be some fucking problems probably between her and din and like nick said that that's things should start to open up into 
all right, well, why are all the Mandalorians in hiding because of the Imperial occupation? What the fuck was yeah. this occupation? Why was it so bad? What is this? What was it? The the the, the March of Tears or uh, what Gideon call it? Like the, the, the there's like a name for the night oh, yeah. that Mandalorians can look at as the night where the Empire just came in and shoved its penis down their collective throats. All that can be explored now, which is clearly going to rip the lid off of the Mandalorian's little universe that we've seen so far, which has just been the fucking Razor Crest, Din, Grogu, and then his random friends that he checks in on uh, every season for a particular episode. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's going to have to, I would think, fully expand into, okay, what what, yeah. what is the Remnant doing and trying to steal Grogu. I mean, here's here's your easiest one, honestly. If you're going to change the title, it's the Mandalorians with an S. There you go. That's 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 your easiest one. Or just or another one where you could thing. where you could keep branding somewhat. You just call it the Grogu. Yeah, <laughs> and then people will know. Or, or fuck it, they won't even know that the Baby Yoda. There you go. Yeah, it was a Baby Yoda. <laughs> the casual it. fans would would but, recognize it at that point, and it, then they'd come back never, and try it. Yeah, if if you add an S, it does exactly what you need to now put across that that Din is now taking control of <laughs> Mandalore and the Mandalorian society, and then it it literally is is the most insignificant change you can make to your title ever. Season three has so much potential because they just nipped the main storyline in the bud in in season two. Like they just fucking cut it off. That was the storyline for 16 episodes. It is gone. It is a full new page turn in a blank book. Uh, and they could go anywhere. They could go the Mandalorian stuff. They could go uh, Din's past and why he became a Kool-Aid drinker, which by the way, is from the same people that Bo-Katan used to hang out with. Like, I mean, yeah, she is uh, a, a, I don't know if she's, uh, they consider her a founding member, but she was fucking pre Vizsla's uh, right-hand lady. She was his lieutenant yeah. in Death Watch. The crazy people that made Din nuts in his helmet. You can't take it off. You can't take it off. You're going to die. All this other goofy shit. This is the way, right? Um, yeah. But you also have to, you can't just completely leave what the remnant was doing through Gideon. Uh, you got the the Thrawn mentions. I mean, there, there, there's so much potential for this show to go in. And as Nick says in the write-up, if it's a case of Roseanne turning into the Connors, it, it might not be that yeah. big of a deal. I just look at it from a business standpoint, and I don't give a fuck. I mean, if you're staying in the, in the same timeline with the same characters, why completely why? change the name? It just seems like a, a waste of money on like dumb yeah. shit that fans would never even see. Like Nick was saying, like, oh, you got to replace your your letterhead, your templates, your your calendars, this, that, and the other thing. Everything would need yeah. to be thrown out. Everything changes and rebranded. Everything changes. All right. So, there we go. That's it's a, some potential there, but season three will be the the true teller of of whether or not we will see a, a title change. All right, so um, these next ones are just PSA types. We're not going to spend a ton of time on here, but we got, uh, it looks like some little shorts are coming to Disney Plus in September. This came through a leak of the Disney Plus Spain account that kind of posted a schedule. I wouldn't even call it a leak, but uh, there there was some interesting Star Wars uh, mentions in the, essentially, this is what's coming to Disney Plus in September tweet. 
One of them being Star Wars Galaxy of Sounds, and it just says Episodios 1 through 7, and Quartos Disney Plus Original means a short. Uh, so yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, that, that could be kind of like, I don't know, Nick, if you've checked out the biomes or the other Star Wars content they put on Disney Plus, where it's kind of not really a show. It's more just passive uh, learning about shit. Yeah. Like th- th- this almost sounds okay. like a Star Wars galaxy of sounds. It's either going to be like little shorts showing how they make sounds that are popular from or yeah. are famous from Star Wars. Or maybe it's just, you know, like they, they, they go over like, oh, this is where this sound became famous in Star Wars. And this is, uh, you know, this is yeah, how it was that's, made. That's what I get the feeling for that one. Yeah, for sure. And then the other one, and this came from, this just goes to show you like how hardcore Star Wars fans are. Uh, but they found a listing on Amazon with a Wampa t-shirt, <laughs> right? You can see it right now on the, on the live stream. It's yeah, actually kind yeah. of a cool looking shirt. It's a stylized look of the Wampa. Uh, but it's uh, it, it's it said it's for Star Wars Galaxy of Creatures. And if you read the listing, it goes into say Star Wars Galaxy of Creatures is a series of 12 animated shorts that explore Star Wars wildlife with heartwarming and hilarious vignettes. So, Nick, this is why this is PSA material. If you got kids or if you're just like me and anything Star yeah. Wars, you'll at least push a button and, and look at it. Uh, keep an eye out. Looks like both of these little series of shorts could be coming to the the uh, Disney Plus service or streaming network in September. Galaxy of Sounds for sure. Uh, Galaxies of Creatures might show up. Might show up in October. Maybe, yeah. But there you go. <laughs> and the other little PSA, and and I actually found this to be a pretty great looking trailer. But we got our, our first trailer for the Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales special which uh, we now know is coming to Disney Plus on October 1st. And if you are a fan of other Disney or uh, fuck, other Lego Star Wars shorts, be it the Droids Tales or the Yoda Chronicles or hell, even the uh, new holiday, holiday special, special, you're going to enjoy this. Uh, the trailer's pretty good. It sets up what the, what the show's mm-hmm. going to be about. And essentially, it, it's going to take place after Tross. And Poe is in BB-8 have to crash land on Mustafar where they find that Grabala the Hutt has taken ownership of Vader's former castle. And it's like they're trying to turn it into some sort of uh, haunted house or museum. It's like a yeah, 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 it's like, a, like, it's like yeah. an entertainment locate or destination they're trying yeah. to set up. Uh, but within the special itself... Uh, there are going to be three specific tales related to Star Wars fans, and they'll be coming through the character Vinay, who is a former Vader loyalist voiced by Tony Hale. And the, the three tales you're going to get are going to be The Lost Boy, which is going to be a story about how young Ben Solo first met Ren of Knights of Ren fame. You'll also get The nice. Dueling Monstrosities, which is going to kind of imagine Darth Maul and General Grievous's rebirth as they both were kind of Frankensteinish like characters if you think about it. And then finally you have the Wookiee's Paul and it's going to kind of do a what if on Luke Skywalker's uh, life if he was allowed to have his wishes granted by a Wookiee Paul. And it looks like Luke actually gets himself into the Imperial Navy and ends up flying for his dad. So I think it's going to 
provide some yeah. of those fun Lego Star Wars hijinks that we've all come to, or at least me, know and love. So October 1st should be hitting yeah. Disney+. Plus. Very cool. Very uh, cool. Yeah. If you're into that type of shit. All right. Well. Yeah, it'll probably be a quick watch. Before we get into the fan segment, you know what we like to do about this time, and that is to honor and celebrate our sponsor. Right, so just let me get all the proper graphics up there. How I might even pull up the site today to help us in our <laughs> latest read. Yes, you know it. We're heading out to manscaped.com, my friends, because it is that time to fill you in. Fantasy football draft season is upon us. Did you know that, Nick? I had one on Sunday. I got one tonight. I. I just finished one. Well, there yes, indeed. So anyways, it's time you put the PP back in PPR League <laughs> with the sponsor of today's show. You know him. We love him. Manscaped. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming just launched the new Performance Package 4.0. So don't neglect your balls like the Packers front office has been neglecting Aaron Rodgers. Join the 2 million oh men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for kickoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code SWTS. This will help you tame that Troy Palomalu in your pants. All right, Nick, so we, we've been talking about the Performance Package 4.0 since July. We use it ourselves. We love it. It's up here on the stream. If you're watching the stream, this is the Performance Package 4.0 that we have been gushing about. In particular, the Lawnmower 4.0 that comes with it, and it's ceramic-headed blades, so we're not nicking ourselves while we are grooming our nether regions. So far since July... I've had I've been Nick free, not my co-host. Mm-hmm. I'm talking down there when I'm, <laughs> when I'm trimming up my pubes. Um, but I've I've also I've just smelled better this summer. Thanks to the performance package 4.0 in particular, our favorite, the crop reviver spray and the um, ball deodorant that comes in the performance package 4.0. So that's what we want you to check out on manscaped.com where you can use the code SWTS to save 20% off and get free shipping. All right, because that lawnmower 4.0, it's got a 4,000K LED. It's got a multifunction button that even has a travel lock to engage so it doesn't turn on and start trimming up all your other toiletries (laughs) as you make that trip. Don't forget about the weed whacker, which is also included. This is the ear and nose hair trimmer that spins at an impressive 9,000 RPM to rip those whiskers out of those holes that you don't want them coming out of. And like I said, my favorite, and I never forget to use the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver later on in the day to help my little bench warmers be on their A-game. All right. Mm. So Manscaped even threw in two free gifts in the Performance Package 4.0. And these are the Manscaped boxers that Nick vouched for on his hike up the Rocky Mountains. No sweat, completely aerated. It has the wicking stuff. They're beautiful. So you're going to get the boxers and the shed travel bag. If you had the Manscaped.com right now and purchase the Performance Package 4.0. All right, my friends, 
Don't forget, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code SWTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code SWTS at manscaped.com. If your significant other is nagging you about how much time you put into your fantasy team, you might as well gift them some beautiful balls with Manscaped. There we go. All right, my friends. And hey, we appreciate I, I know some of you reached out through our discord, which, by the way, if you want to join, please use our link tree link in Instagram to uh, come join. And you just kind of ask questions about, like, hey, we always hear you talking about Manscaped. How can we truly help? It is really anything is a help to us. But we are evaluated on what what people buy so it will buy it's yeah. not so much no you don't have to feel like you got to make a bunch of transactions it's just hey any order we appreciate and it will go to our boss at manscape and then she will make the decision mm-hmm. to chop our heads off or not in october yeah right? doesn't have to be uh, the expensive stuff you can get anything yeah. you can get anything you want with our code be it refills i mean i'm probably going to use it to get my a new can of the bulb deodorant and a new jar of the shower gel as i've become huge fans of them through this campaign Mm -hmm. so like we've always said this isn't bullshit we're not blowing smoke up your ass we use it we love it we endorse it so any help you can give us we appreciate it look at it this way it's better than a patreon you're giving yeah. you're technically Where giving you us nothing. money but you're actually getting something besides uh, early access to our stupid show all right uh, there you go <laughs> okay so let's go ahead and get this uh fan segment up and running nick we had a, we had a question of the week that kind of focused on one of our topics the uh, you know boba's motives if you do want to get involved mm-hmm. in the fan segment we have two ways to do so your best uh portal for getting informed outside of starwars.net is using at star wars time show on instagram so every tuesday morning i will put out a prompt for the question of the week those fans that care to respond will go over the comments and uh will feature upwards of five of them during the fan segment on tuesday's live stream the other way you can get involved is through our top five featured artists segment our bread and butter our most iconic segment for our diehard fans is again to follow us through Instagram at Star Wars Time Show. Tag us in all Star Wars related posts and use the hashtag Star Wars Time Show. And if you're lucky and if you're good, Nick may choose your work to be featured on our live stream during the top five end segment to every live stream that we do. All right, Nick, so um, let's go ahead and address the fan question of the week, which uh, specifically was asking our fans who they thought Boba may be seeking revenge on based on one of our (coughs) topics for the week. Uh, If Slack ever feels like opening, I will throw it up on the screen. There you go. I got the... All right. Okay, so the first one... Is from who? Oh, You're th- good at- this is. I'll take this one because I remember their names okay. based on their uh, avatars. Because I'm not kidding. I literally look at everyone's Star Wars posts every day for at least an hour a day. This one in particular comes from Platform Three Two Seven, I believe is the name. I think okay. you even chose them for okay. top five this week, possibly. I- Indeed, I did. So here we go. I can see this being a massively unpopular answer, but always felt like Boba and Solo had more history to what we saw in the OT. 
And it was Han's fault Boba ended up in the Sarlacc pit. But nobody wants to see a de-aged Harrison Ford give Alden Ehrenreich a second chance. I felt like he'd done a great job as Solo. It can't be easy following in Ford's footsteps. So I think what Platform is saying is like, yeah, we, we could include Han, but I don't care if it's <laughs> modern timeline or flashbacks. Don't give us de-aged Harrison. Yeah. Also, I don't think that Harrison would actually do Fuck it. Fuck no. Harrison would be like, Go fuck yourself. He's like, you've already cast another Han Solo. Use him. Bye. Leave me alone. Hey, Bat, uh, thank no, you. I, I, we just saw that uh, post in there. Bat2797 has just supported us with a weed whacker. We speak your oh, name. there you go. We speak your name, Bat. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. All right, it. Nick. Uh, all right, up next, next I gave up. you a, a triple a triple decker here, but it's pretty much because they all said yeah. the same thing. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So Chameleon, except for the E's are, it's three, says Han Solo. Without him, he not fall in Sarlacc. Yes, we, we read it just like they're written, Jordan, my friends. Yeah. Jordan Cullop says, would love to see Han Solo. So would we, sir. And then Mr. Mijagi says luke skywalker and han solo and meeting cad bane yeah what, i think those yeah, would all people be don't options. know but mr Mijagi is mr miyagi's miyagi yeah cousin yeah there's Mijagi's yeah, they're and Miyagi's. related there uh, if you saw the karate kid where he went to japan you know that that they are related. man i, I can uh, i cannot wait for cobra kai season four it's like oh same, same as soon as i i mean i i gave it years you gotta remember this show started on fucking youtube does everyone remember YouTube, that cobra yeah. kai season one was like a when youtube premium first came out and, and they were charging for it on there now thankfully netflix has picked it up but i am like i'm dying to see Season four, I'm reading interviews from like the guy that plays Robbie to, to find out like, oh, what, yeah. what, any any information like what's everyone going to be getting into? But anyways, sorry. Oh, yeah. A lot of people going Han Solo, man. I don't know. I mean, it does make a yeah. lot of sense. I just don't know how they pull it off and, and honor honor that big of a character. Um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, Tones up next does not say Han. He says, I'd like to see Black Sun come into Come into it somehow and bring Prince Zizor, played by Look, Michael. He's, he's even got casting the out there. Somehow he's got the casting. Yeah, Fennec gets taken up by Black Sun in a power play for Jabba's castle, and Boba extracts revenge on him, Zizor, in a showdown. Uh, I think they made Prince Zizor canon again, right? Like he he made his way into one of well, the. Well, uh, I mean the comics. I don't know of a comic, but oh, in, in, in Clone Wars, the, the final season, hell, even in season oh, yeah. five, I mean, they, they loop in with the Black Suns, and let's be real, they all look like Prince Zizor. I mean, uh, very I, I forget the name of the alien race. that Feline. Yeah, Feline. Feline. They, they all yeah. pretty much look the same. They all, have, yeah, they they do, all look they like, like She-Hulk with uh, samurai like, ponytail buns. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, I think it would be cool. I think, I mean, that would be a real deep cut, like, but I think that they're not afraid to do it. I, I do feel like that would take up a large majority of the entire plot, though, if that was to take place. Like, what Tones is suggesting would be, like, the whole plot for season, for the season, because that seems like it would, it would be relatively involved. Well, I don't know if you remember, Nick, um, but at some point in time, we, we took a report from one of the flingers that it wasn't even a flinger. Mm -hmm. It was it was on Reddit where a, a buddy's friend was like an extra on Book of Boba 
for some of the bigger scenes. And he made it seem like Boba's going to kind of have a main rival for a little bit. And, and this rival, they're going to have at least one or two fights where the rival and Boba don't really get taken out, but some of their underlings do. But then yeah. they're, you know, as the season heads towards the end, it sounded like the rival and Boba are actually going to have to work together to take on a larger threat. A larger Which, threat, I mean, yeah. if we think about now with, with, with some of the information we're spinning from uh, Star Wars Newsnet on the, the vengeance factor, it all kinds of yeah. lines up. I mean, maybe this rival is someone from his past and he is trying to seek vengeance and they do kind of, it very well could be Cad Bane. I mean, they, they could be going back and forth yeah. as equals. And it gets to the point where they're like, this this other force comes in and they go you know what motherfucker it's time to get back to how we were let's let's work as if we just took on a contract put our beef aside and we've got to do this we've got to take this faction out or we're fucked um so yeah interesting yeah, how sure. some of this stuff starts to come together as more information comes out all right up next definitely all right next up we have diagographer he says, I'd love it if there was a Western-style duel between Cad Bane and Boba Fett. If that happened, I'd be satisfied. So, yeah, yeah, Cad Bane again. Mm-hmm. Uh, TBS Data Vault says, I'd love to see him go ape shit on Mace Windu <laughs> for going all Tori Hanzu on Daddy Dearest. Hashtag there Mace Lips. So he's, he's suggesting that Mace is alive. And that Boba Fett hunts hey, him down. People don't don't be back. shocked if Mace does come back because I was gonna say. I mean, let, let's be possible. real. Darth Maul was fucking chopped in half and and thrown down a bottomless pit. Yeah, and came back multiple times. Mace Windu just lost a hand and got pushed out a window. Right. He got shocked a little bit, yeah. but, you know, we, we saw both Anakin and Obi-Wan eat some force lightning and it didn't kill them, per se. It may I have, mean, Luke Skywalker got. Oh, yeah, I mean, he was literally <laughs> smoking. I mean, literally smoking out of his shirt. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't think they have to do it. But of course, if they did do it, it would be a fucking huge canon moment to bring this guy back. And, and let's be real. Boba has the biggest boner of revenge against one Mace Windu. Plain and simple. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it would be nice. Hashtag Mace lives. Get a little bit of revenge. So there we go. Um, And that's all the questions for this week. And that's going to roll us into the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. And like Matt says, if you want to get involved in this little segment that we have every week, make sure to tag us in all of your Star Wars posts on Instagram at Star Wars Time Show and use the hashtag Star Wars Time Show for maximum visibility. There we go. All right. Holy shit. This Before we get into this, other Sideshow collectors may, may know what I'm talking about here, but I just got a your monthly order summary from Sideshow email. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Dude, I just keep, I just keep, I could keep scrolling until like tomorrow. My God, what oh, have I God. done? And th- there he is right there. There's our boy Boba Fett staring at me right in the face. I'm just going to delete that email there and pretend I didn't see it. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm not aware. I didn't know. I didn't know it was that many. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> good stuff. Good segue into what is usually a very toy pick heavy. Oh, my God. Five. I love this. this sh- I'm so glad you you picked this one here. 
Yeah. So this week it actually kicks off with a non-toy piece. This is from at I'm just gonna say Armin Blaster, A R M Y N B L A S T E R. It could be Army in Blaster, who knows? But the uh, the art piece that we're looking at here is a traditional, I guess you would say, like like a hand drawn slash colored. Sure. In I mean, art. let's not pretend like real we know what the fuck. Yeah, it's it's yeah. real ass paint, and and I'd say the style, Nick, if you agree or disagree, let me know. But the style is very uh, manga. Is it manga? Yeah, ma- yeah. Right? Manga. You don't say manga, manga right? It's manga. manga. Yeah, manga. It's just like, it's but not anyway, shang, it's, it's, a- it's shung. Shung. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so what we're seeing here is a an imagined version of older Omega mm-hmm. in full mm-hmm. Bad mm-hmm. Batch uniform, full Bad Batch armor. But she, like, I think, like, each piece of the armor is inspired by somebody from the Bad Batch. So she has, like, a... Like a, 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 a hunter type headband. Yep. She's got the bandolier yep. on. Like still has uh, her bow. Still has her light bow. Yeah, it's still got her light bow on her back. So like you can look at the armor, and you can see like individually inspired pieces from different members of the Bad Bash, and it really is like it's a really fantastic manga style uh, interpretation I mean, Nick, of, of do Omega. You, and who knows? This could be completely coincidental. But don't you think this this looks like an, an anime version of some of Johnny Osage Avenue's uh, adult Omega concepts? Oh, cause, yeah, like the custom concept. Yeah, I mean, he, he literally yeah, has one, an Omega that, that is wearing like the full on gray and red Bad Batch armor and, you know, the bandanas here and the other thing. Like I said, Army and Blaster, it, it could be completely coincidental. You know, great minds think alike and all that type of stuff. But it does. I mean, it feels like they're they're channeling the same thoughts about uh, an adult Omega, and that she is going to embrace her brother's uh, armor, uh, maybe their mantra moving forward. But mm-hmm. I, I dig. I, I think this Omega looks absolutely brilliant. I, I love the anime style. Yeah. I love the 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 real ass paint and the way it makes it look. It's just it, it's a, it's a great piece of art. Yeah. So I mean, and if you look at Armin, Armian, um, the page that her style is very kind of like manga and it, it actually translates over very well to multiple different Star Wars pieces that she's done and then also her other focuses as well. Um, Do you know if I, this I, is I, a I say, oh, okay, you're right. I say I she because like I'm I'm yeah, I'm like looking at one of the drawings and it's like it's a feminine hand. Well, I don't know. <laughs> so. She also has the um, feminine symbol in her bio. Cause I, I was looking at why, why okay, you're dropping yeah, I mean, all the, the she's and she's, I was like, well, we better make sure, <laughs> but it, it's, Oh no, yeah. So yeah, you're right. I, yeah, I didn't even see that too, but yes, it, it is a, a yeah. Check out this, so, check out this uh, Sabine. That's a good looking. Yeah. Good the Sabine looking piece. is sick. The Sabine is really good. So, uh, awesome stuff there. A R M Y N blaster on instagram at armin blaster armian blaster uh great concept here for omega well this is um if if, if you like the real ass artists like like we do this is a definite account to add to your 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 daily scrolling her stuff's fantastic uh so make sure to give it a follow uh give the page a follow so next up we have at sunset underscore doom been on the top five before and he has an awesome another uh uh bad bash had this one of 
crosshair kind of in the this may be like from from season one yeah episode it's kind of like the opening the opener where they're in the the, the snowy forest yeah, the, the the forest with the snow. He's kneeled down, got his... Uh, he doesn't have his rifle drawn to an actual, like, pointing at somebody, but he has it kind of at the ready, staring off in the distance in, like, a, a one-knee-down pose. And and really what I liked about this shot more than anything was just the environmental effects that Sunset Doom got in there, yeah, the he, good snowfall. Th- this is his everything. style, man. He, he excels at... And it's it, 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 it's a technique I use and I need to use more. I actually got out. I, I got out for the first time <laughs> since last summer, last week and did an outdoor shoot. And boy, oh boy, nice. was it refreshing. And I know I now know what I've been missing and it's just being outside. I, I clearly do not like shooting indoors. So good on me for waiting until September and almost the end of good weather where I live to realize that. Uh, but anyways, back to Sunset Doom. And this is something I use in my outdoor stuff where you put like black poster board behind you so you're not getting all your yard and bullshit in there. And what that does Mm -hmm. is, you know, it gives you a nice uh, dark color to contrast the particle effects off of. So, you know, Sunset always has some some nice backlight coming in to pick up this. I'm guessing he's using flour or baking soda or something. Uh, Uses his hose a lot for air for uh, rain or canned air for that type of stuff. But, you know, he does. It just looks like he goes out to his backyard, plops him down, throws up the backdrop. Uh, gets the hose or the sifter out and, and here we go so it just goes to show you what proper lighting can do and how it can make uh, parts of the background kind of pop and stand out and, and like i said in sunset shot shots um, it's the way he uses the, the 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 backlighting to really get the particle effects to pop so yeah good looking stuff and, and i'm guessing he went with that pose because that gun's so fucking long nick that he's probably using it as it, a prop to get um crosshair to actually not fall over to lean uh, yeah to, but to it, it also up. looks like a like a like a good pose you know what i mean it's kind of a you get yeah, a two yeah. for one there you get a built-in kind of stand for the figure and it's a it, it's a good looking pose very believable for sure so well done at sunset underscore doom on the ig well well done and this is our at platform three two seven shot that you mentioned earlier, uh, and what we have here is just—it's a beautiful kind of silhouetted shot yep. of, of Obi Wan Kenobi. So this is going to be older Obi Wan Kenobi on Tatooine, and you have the dual suns in the background, and it's like that—it's like the same time of day of that iconic Luke Skywalker from behind shot, where you kind of get the the sun setting, but also the second sun rising. So you still have like a bit of a, a twilight there. Oh, it's and great. I mean, it's the, it's, it's the silhouette aspect that, that I love the most. I mean, they're, they're, a lot of times silhouette shots just they can they can be very artistic looking. Right. It just it adds mm-hmm. like a level of of culture to the shot. Right. Because you really don't get to see your subject at all out outside of its silhouette. It, it, it's, it's outlined. I mean, it yep. looks like we're looking at a shadow. We, we, if you weren't a star Wars fan, you could argue you wouldn't even know who we are looking at, but anyone that's a star Wars fan instantly knows that that's old Ben Kenobi chilling on the dune sea after he probably just hit his spice pipe and he's enjoying <laughs> the evening and the, the sunset which we've learned through the Mando exactly. just kind of makes Tatooine look kind of purple at night, right? Cause him and 
Yeah. And that one dude had to camp out when Fennec had him pinned down. But yeah, pinned uh, down. But no, yeah. I mean, this the, the shot, so, it's, just, I mean, it's very artistic looking. Uh, I, I would say it, it's got a kind of a Chess Pick 66 feel to it. That's one, what I was going to say. At first, I thought it was Chess Picks because it is that typical, beautiful outdoor yeah, it's, type of it's shot. It's a masterful sunset shot. That platform underscore three two seven got here. I just like it. I mean, it, it looks like it, it could have been a uh, a simple setup. I don't know if lights are being used to simulate the suns, or if one of the suns is real and the other one's a light, or if the other sun is completely digital. Uh, but you can't really tell, and that's what makes it a a quality shot. And like I said, sometimes silhouette shots just they get me because it does take. I mean, really any type of photography, and it 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 makes it feel more like an art piece to me. Yeah, for sure. So beautiful work at platform underscore three, two, seven on Instagram. Make sure to go follow. Next up is at tanks, T E N K S six, six, six. And this is a pretty fucking badass uh, mashup slash crossover shot between it is a, it's a predator holding what looks like malls lightsaber. Like the one, yeah, half one, one of half of it. I, I'll give you that. Yeah. And it's got it ignited, holding up kind of across his body. And it's just like the Predator himself is such a menacing character. Then to add a, a lightsaber on top of that is pretty fucking awesome. So overall, just really clean shot. I'm assuming, oh, he also has Maul's head attached to his belt right there too. So not only does he have Maul's saber, he has cleaved Maul's head from his body. Forgot to mention that and is now wielding his blade. So... Uh, this is a pretty clean ass shot, and I would imagine that this has got to be like a, a hot toys or, or some sort of like high quality figure of, of this predator here because it looks amazing. You know what, Nick? And it, it's it's not. I, I maybe it is. No, really? no. I mean, because I can see some of the plastic in there. But that that mall head that he's got attached to his hip does look like a hot toys mall head. So I don't fucking know. I mean it. And I guess that's the that's the beauty of the shot, right? I mean, it does look like a real predator. I mean, yeah, if you really want yeah. to study it, you can see some of the re the reflection off the plastic. But I I believe that's just like a normal NECA predator figure. But I could be completely wrong. Wow, very solid, very solid. I mean, yeah, I, I like the mashup. I, it's a, it's a great franchise mashup. And at this point, with the very clear. Easter eggs in the actual canonized Star Wars comics of a literally a xenomorph skull and a predator helmet. Even even Star Wars creators and writers kind of tip their hat to the whole is predator yeah. alien and Star Wars in a shared universe type of deal. Uh, so I like it. And who knows, would a predator be able to best a Sith? I I'm always going to go with it. If you have force That's powers. Tough. If you have force power and the only other thing you have are is weaponry. Yeah. I mean, I guess we have the Mandalorians to make a case for that and, and they could kill Jedi and they killed them efficiently. I mean, that's why their their armor and weapons are the way they are. But I don't know, man, I still I still find someone like Vader or Maul being able to pretty much take on any other franchise character if they felt like it. Yeah. Okay. It's, it would be close for sure. Oh, look All at right. you. Last one this week. Throwing a bone to Mr. Gregu, huh? Yeah. At Gregu underscore snaps has a 
very nice shot of Mr. Wrecker shooting his way through a battle. It almost looks like it's a, it's a shot taken from like the training ground fight in, in the Bad Batch, you know, like that on Camino, they have that little, wherever, like wherever that battle took place with, between the Batch and all the droids. Uh, the setup that Greg has here looks like it could be a part of that little battle. And um, no, I just say like, I like the I like the the pose he's got. I like the explosion in the background. I know Greg is loves his explosion. You got to remember that, that uh, that's just all sparkler base. I mean, this motherfucker yeah. buys like a, a a he wraps so many sparklers. He creates like a three inch wide bundle. <laughs> then he just fucking lights it and sees sees what's happening. On it is. It's like he he almost kind of uh, governed himself this time, and didn't just go full on uh, explosion in the background. But no, I, I liked it too. I mean, sometimes we fuck with Greg and he fucks with us. But uh, it, this one definitely stood out from <laughs> Mister at Gregu underscore snaps. And uh, he's not here, but he's dealing with some personal stuff with his father. So we're not gonna. We're not going to get his, get on his case, but I know if he was here, he would be yeah. smiling that Nick chose him for the top five. He, he did drop a, a, a comment what do you say? on the like, post. Fuck you, Nick. It's about it. time. <laughs> yeah, something to that degree. Okay. He said it was like a celebratory moment for him, for sure. Right. So at Gregu underscore snaps on the IG, make sure to go give that man a follow. He says motherfuckers made the top five might have to take more time off. Thanks boys. That's what it says. So glad that, glad that it gave him a little bit of joy in this period of time. So that's the end of the top five rounding out with Greg who snaps. And that's the end of the show for this week. So Matt, take, yeah, us, we'll do it. Are, are you seeing this last post in the stream? Is that anything you want to take a stab at real quickly? Is it possible that Anakin brought balance to the Force in Episode Three by evening out the quantity of Jedi rather than having fulfilled the prophecy in Six? Uh, I that was always one way that I justified it. Uh, like for those people who asked me when I like at that time, they're like, "What about the balance thing?" I was like, "Well, technically, there's only two Sith and two Jedi left." But as we found out now, that's not even there's a ton of fucking so Jedi. Jedi <laughs> <who escaped. laughs> yeah. Like at the at the time, yeah. you could have made that argument like right after seeing episode three. But then, as soon as you get into like yeah. rebels and all of the other like, oh, post yeah, Kanan, Ezra, like realize, Ahsoka, like, this guy, yeah. that girl, Ahsoka, Cal yeah. Kestis. There's, yeah, there's too many that actually survived for that to be a legitimate right. and, argument. And, and honestly, it's even false now in in six because. Ahsoka's around. I guess she's not technically a Jedi, but she practices yeah. mostly on the light side. You, you got mm -hmm. Luke. Yeah. Palpatine was now still out there. So, like, like his essence. Whisper. Was still yeah, I don't know if you're very... being serious or not, but it's just I, I don't think it's even worth worrying That's about the... anymore. The whole chosen one balance and yeah, prophecy but... was kind of just <laughs> fucking aborted, in my opinion. It's just like, so I say they kind of let that shit go. Yeah, it, After a while, they were like, eh, fuck. it <laughs> means about nothing at this uh, point in time. Yeah. So All right. Good question, though. Well, uh, hey, we're here to answer them. Good, bad, or indifferent, we're here to answer them. All right, my friends, uh, thank you for sitting through a, another episode of the Star Wars Time Show. If you liked what you either heard or saw, depending on how you consume the show, all we ask is to head on over to StarWarsTime.net and make sure you're officially subscribed to our platforms, be it the audio-only platforms. We're on 
anywhere you would want to get a podcast. And if we're not, it's probably because that podcast network sucks. Um, if you prefer the live stream stuff and you like seeing the faces and in, in the black and white setup we got going on, you can also find our YouTube channel from StarWarsTime.net. Just scroll down a little bit. We have a subscribe button. It takes all thought away from your decision or from the action to subscribe. We make it as easy as possible. Or if you're an avid YouTuber, just search for Star Wars Time Show or as Nick has set up a few months ago, youtube.com slash Star Wars Time Show will also take you to the promised land. Because in the end, it's, it's all about Star Wars time. There's always time for it. We know it. You know it. We just always want more people to understand it. And that's why we need the help of the dedicated fandos out there. And if we're lucky, any new listeners, if you are new and you did dig it, we'd love for you to leave a rating and review on the podcast platforms. Uh, If you're just doing the YouTube, obviously a sub notifications, comment and likes will go a long way for us. And don't forget, if you want to support the show, we're not going to just ask for donations. We'd love for you to head on over to manscaped.com and use SWTS to get free shipping and 20% off your order, be it the uh, Performance Package 4.0 or any of the quality products that Manscaped has for your testicular care needs. Because there's always time for Star Wars time and making sure your man bits don't stink. All right. Truly. It's always time for Star Wars time show. And we all know this. Explain it to the noobs. If you listen to the Star Wars time show, the force will be with you. Always.